we're recording. We are back for part two. It's a part two. Um, I'm gonna give y'all a person I can cancel. Actually, I can cancel myself right now because I've been, and my cousin will laugh, and my aunt will laugh, my mother will laugh, my grandfather will hate us. <laughs> I managed to call grandpa and have a conversation with him that lasted for less than 60 seconds on the phone. That is a record amongst all of us. Oh my gosh. Because this man always be calling us and be like, hey, grandpa, I'm not going to hold you long. I'm not going to hold you long. I'm going to be real fast. And the next thing you know, it's three minutes and 50 seconds. His version of fast is always three minutes and 50 seconds, maybe 51. Okay. okay. If not, then it turns into three hours. You see what I'm saying? Okay. You know what I'm saying? He has no middle ground. He had no middle ground. And all of us are like, how do we let him know we love him? We mm. appreciate him. We receive what he's saying. And then we hang up with him without it taking 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm. I don't want to have to give birth in the middle of this conversation. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he out here like, so these, this, 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 this less than 60 seconds of this morning was blissful. I was still drinking my coffee. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. All right. So... Love you, Grandpa. Um, <laughs> we love you, Grandpa. We're sorry, though. We love you, Stanford. Oh, my gosh. He has an old black man name. That's his middle name. Okay, what's his first name? Jimmy James. You know, black people. I, I saw a whole TikTok that was like, black people need to know like their people's real names and not like their nickname. I have an uncle that we've called, I've called him Uncle Bubba all my life. That man's real name is Holmesley. Yep. And I'm just like, yep. where the hell did Bub come from? Yep. Child. Yep. I still don't know my father's father's real name. It could be anything. It really could be. I was about to say something so dumb. But like, I, and I know, look, he got, he got other kids, right? Mm-hmm. I, my grandfather has two sons, twins, twins, who are younger than me. This girl I used to work with, her father, okay, she, I'm 30, gonna be 35, so she's 38. Her father's wife is my age, and her youngest, her sister is the same age as her son. Yep. And I'm just like, okay, I guess the pipe still works. Go ahead. But the pipe still, I mean, dead ass. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm one of them black folk. <laughs> so basically, my uncle is younger than me. I ain't got time for this. I really don't. I don't know. Uncles are supposed to teach me lessons. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't be telling y'all to avoid the Lower East Side. Like, y'all post, y'all put to my elders. Like, y'all put to tell me to do that. <laughs> to tell me to not be running around somewhere on Christie Street acting a fool. At midnight. Imagine you're at your grandfather's house and one of the kids like break a vase and you're like, why would you break that? And they'd be like, who do you think you're talking to? I would die. I yo, would die. Yo, speaking of breaking things, my it's 2021. Mm-hmm. My great grandmother from my mom's, my mom's father's mother, she mm-hmm. had passed. Okay. She had passed. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But it is time for this to come to light. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
she was a good Christian woman. Okay, she loved thy neighbor. She was with the gay. Did she find? Did you like find a whole bunch of like a whole box of antique vibrators or something? No, no. Okay. Although, no, Grandma Dot wouldn't do that. I feel like Grandma Dot wouldn't do that. Wait, her name is Grandma Dot. Grandma Dot. Okay, hold on, because I have like four aunties named Dot. Were any of them originally from Alabama? Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. I don't know. Did did she live in Far Rockaway at some point in her life? No, but she lives in a pink house. No. Okay. No. I mean, there's a whole look. The way Brooklyn works, you never know. You might be related. We might. Yeah, because I have a, a aunt that who lived in pink houses, and when her husband died, she came out as a lesbian. Oh no, 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 that's not. Mm-mm. Okay. That's not look. The lesbian didn't. The lesbian grandmother didn't happen till the next generation. <laughs> but so Grandma Dot went to her grave thinking mm-hmm. that the handyman or the super from her building broke. You know, remember the chandelier that had like rectangular but rounded at the bottom, and it had like a million the panels. Pieces? Yes. Okay. One of the panels broke off when me and one of my cousins was having a pillow fight in the living room. Oh, God. And we hid the evidence. Mm -hmm. We acted like it never happened. Mm -hmm. We were seven and ten. Okay. (laughs) I was seven. I was the younger one. My cousin was ten. This was during her Elvis phase. Oh, God. (laughs) During her Elvis phase. Mm-hmm. And so we broke it and we went, we went back to watching TV. You know how kids act when they try to hide, after they hide the evidence, they don't. Right. right. So Grandma Dot went to her grave thinking that the handyman broke at one of the panels. And it's, I mean, it, it, it didn't come to light until like maybe five or six years ago to the family, some of the family, but not the whole mm-hmm. family. Now y'all know. Um, I mean, every generation in this family had broken something glass. Right. You know. And, I, and now we just trying to shatter glass ceilings. Right. And now we just trying to shatter glass ceilings, bitch. And the sky is the limit. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, guest, part two, you already know. Step with the sauce is back, bitch. The sauce. Hey, guys. Welcome to my channel. Well, welcome to my channel. Um, leave Brittany alone. Oh my gosh. Okay. He did porn. He did porn. He did porn. And I watched it. Was it good? It it wasn't. It was like a, 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 like, you you know those moments? Okay, maybe I have really weird, specific moments having very weird friends. But like, you know those moments when you guys are all talking about something? Like, there's a whole video about this. And then you go to the video and And it's Blackbuster. Like, it could be Chris Crocker fucking the dude. It could be it could be watching a Bob the Builder auto tune. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a very diverse group. Mm-hmm. And Chris Crocker's porn was lackluster at fuck, but Bob the Builder that auto tune would let it hit. Is it okay? So is it equivalent to the Black China video? Because the Black China video really pissed me off. I didn't watch the Black China video. Okay, it was very boring. It was boring. The, the only the only sex tape, the only celebrity sex tape that 
I, to this day, highly respect and highly love. Are you going to say last day, one day in Paris? No. Okay, thank you. The one that I highly respect and love is Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Okay, so Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson literally wrote the blueprint for my sex tape, sex tape leak. Yes. They were the blueprints for it. And, and, and the video wasn't even just sex. Mm-hmm. It looked like, it felt like a couple on a vacation, having fun, recording the memories. Mm-hmm. You know and what I'm saying? And then Tommy Lee came out of nowhere with that dick. And dick. we were all shocked. We were all dick, shocked. Dick, dick. Like, I, at the time, when I saw uh, partial clips of that movie, um, I actually saw it on Rotten.com. Um, <laughs> I didn't know, like, there were variations of dick. I had only seen one at that time and I was scarred for life. And I was just like, wait a minute. Is this supposed to baby arm? What the fuck? What the fuck is happening here? And, and then you see, and the crazy part is because we had always known Pamela Anderson to be very beautiful and very sexual. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She was, she was, for lack of a better term, the it girl in the sex world. Mm-hmm. Right? And so seeing her and Tommy just, they were so in love. Mm-hmm. And like, you see their bodies together. And you're like, I get it. Yeah. They're equally mad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're very, they're very like affectionate and all over mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. This is what it's supposed to look like. And the way that it leaked out, because mm-hmm. it leaked out in the world of, because that video was recorded on a VHS. Right. And, okay, so this this goes back to okay, all right, that's not that's not. <laughs> We're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. We're not gonna get into it. But we are gonna get into finishing this this list. Okay, we gotta finish this list. So, um, you finished. You gave off the last one, all right? Mm-hmm. And Was we Diddy? were talking. We were talking about, yes, you were talking about Diddy, and I feel like, okay, so let's stay in the world of celebrities until I finish my celebrities and go off to the last other ones, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the next one is Kanye. I started to put Kanye on the list, but I was so conflicted. You, one of us had to do it. One of us had to. I mean, you gave us Diddy. It was deserved. It was deserved, and so was the fucking Kanye shit. And uh, the the next one comes after that. But Kanye, like, let's be real. We all talk about this. We all know we was with him from jump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I hate to say this, but he was our J. Cole of that moment. Kanye West is literally the 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 ex that I'm still in love with. But I know that he's bad for me and he's so toxic that I can't do it anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it was like the Kanye that we have now isn't the same Kanye and everyone says it. He's not the same Kanye that told us that George Bush hates black people. I always say I don't like Kanye AD after Dorinda because Kanye AD is toxic. Kanye AD does not take his medication. Kanye AD is like just like this fragile, heartbroken person searching for some type of um, 
community. Yep. And the bad part is, like, attaching yourself to the Kardashians, which is, like, a huge parasite, uh, Dorinda would have never. She would have never. Right. She would have never allowed any of this to happen. And, and like, you know, you know, we didn't see it. We weren't paying attention. We mm-hmm. weren't paying attention. People love to forget this, but we weren't paying attention. What did Obama say about him? He's a jackass. The fact that Obama said it about you. Obama, who at mm-hmm. the time was the number one blackest ass blackest motherfucker we saw at that moment. He was the president mm-hmm. for eight years in this country. We weren't it's paying attention. So we weren't paying attention when he said that. Right. Because we were still reeling from 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 Taylor. Right. We were okay. still reeling from Taylor, so we were willing to to jump to the defense of Kanye mm-hmm. from the offense of Obama. So I don't disagree with with what Kanye said. However, again, certain things are kitchen counter conversation and certain things you bring to the living room. It was very disrespectful of him to do that to her. But do I think that Taylor Swift capitalized off that moment? And do I think oh, that we all know. Taylor Swift is an asshole? Absolutely. Because we've all heard the recording when Kanye calls her and said, hey, I'm going to put this line in my song. Are you okay with it? And she said, yeah, I'm fine with it. It might bring me some new supporters. Uh, ha, 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 LOL. And then they went out to lunch. Like, she tried to pretend like... And, and, she, got, and she out here with Confederate flag-waving, anti-Black-ass motherfucking supporters. What? And then didn't come out and, and give a stance on it until 45 was in office and people were basically calling her like the princess bride of the Ku Klux Klan. I want to like properly understand why every time Kanye goes off his mess, he comes from for Harriet Summit. I've been saying that for months. Like he goes off his meds, goes off the rails, and he just comes for Harriet Summit. Like, why? What did she do to you? He's unhinged. And to piggyback off of your Kanye, um, uh, you hate Kanye. A lot of people have put the brunt of his like delirium on Kim. Mm. And as much as I do not like the Kardashians, me and Kim have the same birthday, but as much as I don't like the Kardashians, she said something that was very valid and very true. She released a statement and said, listen, what you guys have to understand is Kanye West is a grown man and he's able to make his own decision and own choices. I cannot force him to take his medication. In the state of California, you cannot force somebody on a 72-hour hold. They have to do it willingly. So since he has to do it willingly, he has to do it in his own time. People, black people, literally was coming out in droves. Oh, it's the Kardashians' fault. It's the this, it's the that. No, the reality of it is Kanye has been unhinged since his mother died. He's not processed that grief and he's not, he hasn't let himself sit in that grief for the moment to process through it. Mm-hmm. So he's still walking around him with the sadness of his mother's passing, how his mother passed, because it was actually like, listen, people, if you've learned nothing from me being on Finn's wonderful podcast, listen, I ain't shit most days, but the days that I am pretty much the shit. I mean, know what I'm talking about. If you go to the doctor and they say to you, 
it is unhealthy and unwise for you to get this procedure done. And then you go to another doctor and they go, sure, I can do it. Fuck that shit. Do not listen to the second doctor. Because Dorinda West literally died because the first surgeon told her if he performs a plastic surgery on her, she would bleed out on the table because her pressure was too high. She then went to another doctor and he said, yeah, sure, fuck your high blood pressure. I'll just like make sure I'm in there real quick. And what happened? She bled out on the table and she died. Like, and like, and like, look, we get that grief is, uh, it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still working through a lot of my, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a grief of a loss of two very important and influential people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, a grief of certain friendships. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, important. We, uh, we, we grieve people that are still alive and we need to acknowledge uh, that. Yeah, like past romantic partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and a grief of my former self. Mm. Speak on it. Because even though I'm no longer that person, I'm growing from, from who I am now, mm-hmm. it is still sometimes hard to let go fully, let that spirit go of who I once was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a form of grief. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's and I understand grief and I understand mental illness. Right. But you got to also remember something. A lot of times, mentally ill folk, right? Mm-hmm. They, how do I put this properly? Their, their inner real thoughts come out. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're unmedicated. Yes. So that's it's, your, so you do your real thoughts. Right, it's equivalent to like um, drunk so uh, what is it? Drunk thoughts are, are sober mind or something like that. A a a drunk mind speaks sober words. Yes, thank you. And my grandmother used to have to say that all the time when my grandfather got drunk. Mm-hmm. That man would walk around that house the next day hungover at seventy eight years old, hungover. That's a blessing. <laughs> hungover as fuck. Come into the, he would hide in the living room in his chair. Because he, he got up earlier than normal to make his coffee so he could avoid everybody. He knew what he said. Mm. <sighs> anyway, who's on your list? Okay, so I just added someone to my notes, right? But I feel like, okay, so either we can do. Actually, let's just go for it. I hate white celebrities that go through a black phase. Miley I'm talking Cyrus, about Miley Cyrus. about Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, and Pink. Okay, Pink is the exception to the rule. No, she's not. No, she's not. And you that, is not that is you not her fault. That what is what not her fault. That is not her fault. But, okay, if we're going to make her the exception to the rule, she needs to acknowledge that fucking first album. She does not acknowledge that first album when she was marketed as a Latino from Coney fucking Island. She doesn't acknowledge it. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I mean, me neither. But... Like, I would acknowledge the music at least. But, you know, no, because you know what she did? You know what, what she did? And Misunderstood. Okay. Great the album. album. Great album. Mm-hmm. And song. During one of the one of the top songs from that one of the top singles from that album mm-hmm. was "Don't Let Me Get Me," mm-hmm. right? 
mm-hmm. or have it to myself, which however it would market it to you. Oh, and you said LA told me I'll be a pop star. Only thing people, you have to change is everything you are. Okay. And and she wasn't talking about Los Angeles, not the county, not mm-hmm. the city, not even the culture. She was talking about LA Reed. Boom. Right. So okay. For the kids Boom. that don't know. Pink came out when Britney and Christina came out and they were riding that whole pop wave. When Pink came out, she was marketed as an R&B artist. Her sound was very R&B. But... And that's because that's what she grew up in. Right. She was singing R&B music from, like, when she was in her little girl group. She was singing R&B music. And before that, when she was, when she was first getting out there, you know the story, when she was first getting out into, like, the streets and everything, Mm -hmm. she was in R&B clubs, she was in hip-hop clubs. So, like, that's what she knew. Right. But the way they marketed Pink, even from her very first video of There You Go, she was very tan. She was very, like, edgy for a bitch named Alicia from, like, Pittsburgh. But she was very edgy. And she was very tan. She was tan. Second video, You Make Me Sick. She was very tan. She was very edgy. And it was just like, girl, why are we not? First of all, musicality alone that first album was amazing Mm -hmm. it was truly amazing the fact that she doesn't acknowledge that music it's like why and i understand like your sound is completely different now but why not acknowledge it okay let's okay she's an exception fine she's 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 my exception look y'all can y'all can give me the backlash all you want i i there's one white woman i will go to bat for it is pink. I, okay, she is the exception because now that I'm thinking about it, it was marketing and it wasn't like a phase for her. It was the right. way she was being marketed. So I will and, give her the exception. And because a lot of those songs on her first album, she didn't write. Right. She When she got with Linda Perry is when she really started writing. Yes. And, and, and Linda was, Perry did that thing of bringing out your real self. Mm-hmm. And she openly said she was upset and stopped working with Linda Perry when she started working with Christina. And when Christina was going through the same sound route that she was in, she mm-hmm. stopped working with her. Okay, she's the exception. Who I will talk about? The Justin Bieber's and the Miley viruses. My beef with Miley, you went th- through this whole, like, I'm going to be with the, with the hip-hop guys, and I'm going to wear Jordans and jerseys in my videos. And I'm going to make music with Mike Will made it. And you did all of this shit because you were basically upset that your white ass Australian fiance broke up with you. And we have known you because your whole real claim to fame was you were a country singer's daughter. Right. You went through this whole fucking phase of like bullshit. For two to three albums? I'm trying to like articulate it, but you went through this whole hypersexual phase of hip hop. You created this brand that, you know, coochie popping, sucking dick dildos on stage, right? You went through all of this shit. And as soon as your white ass got back with your whiter, fiance you publicly come out and say hip-hop is so over sexualized it's immoralizing to women 
that's why I left that genre. And she used the phrase suck my cock. First of all, if you are in, if you ever listen to rap and someone says suck my cock, it was written by a white man. Ain't no nigga gonna say cock or no thing. First of all, Mm-mm. That's how you knew. That's how you knew. Mm-mm. That's how you knew when she said that shit. She literally said the hip hop genre is demoralizing and and disgusting. And you know, when I was in it, I didn't really like to be in it. Girl, nobody asked you to make them records. Nobody. Nobody asked you to make that music. Nobody. You, you got back. That, you did that on your own, and then you went, and then she did one of those back to my boot. Uh, phases, phases, mm. and then like just like Justin Timberlake did, and you saw the numbers weren't the same. The numbers were trash. Man of the Woods was a horrible album. And like, let's be real, the only difference between Justin Timberlake and Miley, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. is that Justin Timberlake, most of his audience was of color. Mm-hmm. So when he did that whole back to my roots thing, he lost most of his audience, not even but, half. But most. not even that. Remember when Justin Timberlake first came out with NSYNC, he would have the cornrows and the ramen hair? Yeah. And everybody was like, his daddy's a black man. It was like, not. oh, very, his daddy gotta be black. Look how his hair takes the cornrows. And we were all like, and, like, and then we find out, no, no. We He's just a white better. boy from Tennessee. We should have known better when he did Cry Me a River. We should have paid attention. We really should have. Because the difference, and the difference between him and Miley is that when Miley did her Back to My Week bullshit, mm-hmm. she only lost 25% of her audience. Right. These numbers are not completely accurate. Don't at me. Um, They're accurate for this conversation and this conversation alone. Do not contact Billboard. Do not contact Thriller. Okay, okay, you might want to contact the shade room and the shade room just gonna say we don't like her either. The shade room gonna say the same shit we're saying. Mm. So it's like that ass, like, girl, you knew better. You mm. knew, like, you knew better. Yes, you mm. still kept most of your audience. And then what's crazy is that when Billy Ray hooked up with Lil Nas mm. and made that banger of a hit, mm-hmm. you could smell it, you can feel it. That she was upset. But you know what's so crazy? And I I have respect for Billy Ray Cyrus. I've never, like, had disrespect for him. But the only reason, one of the only reasons he did that song with Little Nas X is because they threatened to take him off of the country top 100. And Billy Ray was like, you know what? It was a good song. It's a country song. And Little Nas X found out if he got a country artist on the song that it could stay. So then that's how you did the song with Billy Ray Cyrus. And Country Billboard actually said Billy Ray Cyrus featuring Little Nas X. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Ray Cyrus made them flip it because it's a Nas X song featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. You know, it's crazy. It's because mm-hmm. it's part of a pop culture history lesson mm-hmm. is that they learn better after having the artist did better with them too right mm-hmm. after the uh dixie chick and beyonce scandal listen beyonce said i will not be performing at the country music awards unless the dixie chicks are performing with me and they've been been, been banned since the bush administration mm-hmm. and she was like if they're not performing with me first of all you know the the country music folk not you know. 
We know. But they were against Beyonce performing because she's not a country music artist. You don't have to be a country music artist to make country music. I'm a, and I'm going to bring that back. country music song. I'm going to bring it back to Darius Rucker. Rucker. Uh, yes. I know you were. Because you know, I'll be, out here, I'll be out here defending my uncle. Mm. Okay, I've, I've reached that point in my life where I realized he's my uncle. He's family. He's family. You know what I mean? Darius Rucker was originally a, for lack of better term, that's my phrase this episode, um, is he originally started out like, you know, a college band mm-hmm. and Hootie and shit. I mean, he was doing his own shit before then, but like Hootie and shit, like, let's be real. That's their claim to fame, really, for a crossover and mainstream. Right. Right. But in the country world, he was one of the, he was one of the first black artists that went as far as he did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of country artists hate it. A lot of country fans hate it. But that's the thing. When he did the crossover, he brought his fans with him. Mm-hmm. Because he had solid music. But um, and, that's gonna... and, and because also I got to say this real fast. Mm-hmm. He got, he going to have the gospel folks. Mm-hmm. The Once country you get the gospel folks, you're pretty much solid. Yo, them gospel folks will stick with you to the end. They will buy your album just for track 13 because they know it's de- dedicated to Christ. I mean, you know, because sometimes I'll be listening to Kirk Franklin. I'm like, that's not about God. Um, if you <laughs> There's an episode <laughs> of South Park, right? I don't know if you've ever seen this episode. It's called Faith Plus One. So basically, they become a gospel music group. Yep. And they change all of the words from songs from saying baby to God. Yep. And they go like triple mer. Like it's yep. so funny. It's so funny. I mean, it is, it is a whole thing. All right. All right. So I'm going to. So you oh, wait. just. I just oh, want to yeah. say Justin, Justin Bieber's trash. The end. Although I do love Justin Bieber. Don't get me wrong. But for him going through that whole black phase where he was. The, a, the a Martin Luther King interlude. If that ain't the most performative white allyship I ever heard. That is what I was about to say. This goes back to the conversation we had earlier when I said white people think allyship is being a part of things and not just saying, I acknowledge what you went through. I am sorry on behalf of the universe. Monica, you ain't need to put Martin Luther King would have bought your album. He would have not. He did not die for your album. He really like, didn't. He really, why? This is why. This is why we want to send you back to Canada. This is why we want to send you back to Canada. You're not from here. The, this, is, this is why we want to send you back to Canada. Okay. If you will, like, this is why. Okay. Like, I don't understand what your problem is. You know what? I need Jay and Silent Bob to sit him down one day and have a conversation. I'm going to be real. Maybe call Alanis. You know what I mean? Have a real conversation. Bring in Seth Rogen. Bring in Seth Rogen. Also a Canadian. You know what I'm saying? Ryan Reynolds. Mm. That's a good one. We can all relate to Ryan Reynolds. We can all relate. Mm. Anyone who's married, who married to Blake Lively can tell me anything. I've been wanting to give Ryan Reynolds some coochie for the moment. But that's, you know, I have my list of like weird white men I want to date. So, like, he's on there. You know, top tier Seth Rogen. But mm. I get it. I get it's it. It's the last. 
Uh, you know, I, I, we, my, my list always changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, John Mulaney is not coming off of it. Mm. He is, he is the kind of gentleman that I, I it's not, I thought it was, I thought it was just the suit for a while, but it's mm-hmm. actually him and the way he talks. I can see it. He's very theatrical in his storytelling. And he's always, he's also very like, I feel like your John Mulaney is my Nicole. Oh, but look, because let's be real. Really Cole can want, get it. I feel like Kroll deserves these yams. And I would give it to him. And then I found out he got married and he recently had a baby. And you know how I feel. And I'm like, how are you cheating on me like that? With a whole wife. Why are you cheating on me? When I found out Seth Rogen was married, my heart broke. Like, yo. I, I couldn't get a phone call of her. Like, you, you, you are, look, the day Jadena gets married, it's going to be a riot. It's going to be a riot in them streets. And you know the thing about Jadena? I don't know why he's, I don't know why he's so pretty. First of all, that is against the law to be that pretty. He's so pretty. And that woke. He's so fucking pretty. But, okay, never mind. That's the conversation for off. Okay, so. Uh, okay. That's the conversation so, we going, so I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in, since I said Kanye. Mm-hmm. And then I said white celebrities going through black faces. I'm going to bring in something that affects all of us. And for those of us, for those of you who don't understand it, this is a lesson for all of you. Stacy No Dash. Not a Mrs. Dash in that spices. How dare you work on Fox? How dare you work on how dare do you know? Do you know that when you were on Clueless, the only reason niggas watched it was for you and 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 Donald Face on? We helped build your career. We supported you. I feel like Tyra once again. I was rooting for you. We were all fucking rooting for you. And you did not want to learn from this. Listen. Your only claim to fame, Mrs. Dash, no seasoning, is clueless. You weren't even the main character. You were a supporting actress. And even in your supporting actress role, you were still supporting other supporting actress and actors in the role. And you, it's not like you were solid. And you decided that, oh, well, you know, this is the world that I deserve. I'm playing, you know, the, the privileged lifestyle. So this is the world I deserve. Mm-hmm. And try to disassociate yourself from every form of blackness that you could. And it's because her eyes are like, she has, quote unquote, passable features. Right. She out here deciding to be as anti-black as possible. Mm-hmm. There's another person on my list who's also very anti-black, but black. in the black category, and and I know what this is going. And like, let's be fucking real, Stacy No Dash, mm-hmm. your cousin is Dame Dash. Hmm. Now tell me. Now look. I, now look. I don't say. Just because you're black doesn't mean you correlate into ghetto me. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
right? We all have to say that that is a disclaimer going into this. But you ain't gonna get no more nigga, no more ghetto, no more action. The name Dash. Dame Dash. And I walk with it. I mm-hmm. walk with it every step of the way because Dame Dash owns and knows who the fuck he is. He should have. He still ain't shit though. Because Dame Dash was saying Aaliyah was the love of his life, crying at her funeral, boohoo crying, everything. I had a baby two months later. <laughs> so. How much love niggas. was you doing? I love niggas. I How love much love niggas. was you doing? I love niggas. We ain't shit and we magical about it. Mm. Mm. It's so strong. It's beautiful. But, but like it is strong in the streets. And, and and you out here trying to disassociate yourself from so much blackness that you decided not you didn't decide to just like, oh, I'm gonna just, you know, go off and do my thing and just chill. You know, be mm-hmm. in limbo. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not mm-hmm. pick a side. No, you picked a side. You picked the wrong side. But wait, I need people like Stacey Dash and Candace Owens to understand, right? Okay, so now that you said her name. That was your next person? We can just cross off both of them and then okay. you can go twice. What I need them to understand is just because you're just because you pandered to whiteness doesn't mean that whiteness will fully accept you. Yep. Because guess what? Your ass still gonna get pulled over if you're gonna get pulled over. Your ass will still get dragged out your car if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing the right way. Your ass will still get uh still become a victim of white woman tears if need be. Like you nothing you say or do will erase the fact that your ass the black ass woman in America. And you know who they should have learned that from? You know who they should have learned that from? Tiger Woods. I'm no roast I'm a roaster. Oh yeah, that's true. Because I'm a Rosa, I'm going to be real. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I bought the book. Mm-hmm. I bought the book. I remember I told you when I bought the book. Mm-hmm. And because I needed to know. I needed to know. Because this is someone who had gone into the sunken place. And had come out with a memoir. She went in the sunken place. Head first. Head fucking first. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she coasted in that bit. And... They should have learned from Amorosa. They really should have. Because mm-hmm. Amorosa straight up said, like, yeah, I'm a nigga. But I'm a house nigga. But I'm a house nigga. But I'm still a nigga. And when she realized that part where she was like, I'm still a nigga, that's mm-hmm. when I said, I'm not as mad at you as I thought I was. Because mm-hmm. at least you finally woke up. Yeah. It is not even that she woke up. It's the fact that she acknowledged it goes to like the seat at the table thing. Like we just want to seat at the table. Okay, you get the seat at the table. You think you're making power moves, but you better remember this is just your seat. It ain't assigned to you. It don't belong to you. When you get up, they will put somebody right the fuck back in it. And it ain't a round table. Remember that. Mm, it it's definitely a long one. It's a long one, and baby, you at the other end from the hoe. Hmm. All right, so you better be real careful, and you better walk in there. Pins and needles, and then when you come out, you may be like, "All right, so here's the tea, mm. and here's what we need to do." Mm-hmm. But you didn't do that. You said, "Oh, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna try to inch myself closer to the host, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna forget about the little people. I'm just gonna hobnob up here and be like, no, baby, but you still are one of the little people.'" And not even that, she got a seat at the table, like you said, is a long ass table. She thought she was getting closer to the front. But you were getting closer to the front by being quiet. You weren't getting closer to the front by speaking up and speaking out. Really? So now 
you thinking in your mind that you're doing espionage. They're like, no, she's not doing espionage. She's sending our front pocket. So when the race riots happen and we need someone to go forth and say we ain't racist, just push her forward. We're not racist. We're just trying to do the right thing. Hmm. Child, these, <clears throat> when I tell you her, and the thing is, at least, at least Stacy and Amorosa still got their edges. And that's folks. It's how you drag a woman without dragging a woman. Listen, I'm just saying. Listen. That's how you know certain like black women ain't got black friends. You know how to be like the black girl that only got white friends and her leave out be all fucked up. Mm. Mm. I mean, we all understand. We look, I definitely have gone through the train, the pain, the tribulations. Mm-hmm. Of running a straightener through my hair after perming it two days prior. Oh, you were you were not you did not have good people around you. And you know, let me tell you something. Candace gonna have to cut that all off and go natural. Listen, Candace, she will never go natural because she will never her, her natural hair is too close to her blackness. And the one thing about her, she has to be a proper presenting Negro. And she ain't and she ain't ready to she ain't ready to earn her crown. Let me just say this, disclaimer. What I just said does not mean that I'm one of them natural hair girls that are like, oh my God, you get perms. That means you're trying to be anti-black. Girl, you perm your hair if you want to. But I'm dragging Candace Owens. Right, because it's not about her... It's not about her perming her hair because Mm -hmm. she wanted a certain style. It's Mm -hmm. about her perming her hair so she can be as close to whiteness as possible without intimidating them. Right. Because our hair is intimidating. Right. So that's what that is. If you don't understand gravity, you'll never understand black hair. I mean, the book written on it. Okay. So you got, I, I gave you two. So you're going to give me two. I'm trying to find two that make sense together. They don't have to make sense together. Have you met me? Have you seen my life? <laughs> I'm going to say, okay. So. I hate pro-lifers. Okay. Here's why. I hate pro-lifers because they only talk about lives at conception and not lives in general. Because I hate pro-lifers. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It's not about the life. It's about the control. It's about the control because guess what? It's easier. It's easier to care for someone if they don't exist. Mm. If you don't see them. Mm. It's easier to take care of a baby that you ain't never got to see. That's why we got all these niggas out here being mad about child support. Speak on it. How dare you tell? I don't even have a womb. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a womb. Mm-hmm. How dare you tell a woman, a, or not even just women, okay? People with a uterus. People with a uterus. Mm-hmm. What to do with their body. So, here's why I hate pro-lifers. I, a person of woman bearing of, of woman bearing age, I, a woman of childbearing age, who does not have children, who desires children in the future, am a pro-choice person. I've had conversations with pro-lifers, and they're like, "Shouldn't you be pro-life?" Because now I explain to them, you know, my medical situation. They're like, "Shouldn't you be pro-life?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "No, I shouldn't be pro-life. Oh, all babies deserve a life. Yes, all babies deserve a life of quality." And that's the fucking part that you're forgetting. Not only that, if 
okay, when they were trying to defund Planned Parenthood, everybody's looking at defunding Planned Parenthood only from the aspect of abortion. Oh, she got an abortion because she's living a loose life and she got an abortion. Okay, she got pregnant, she got an abortion for whatever reason. You're forgetting about the people that have to get abortions because they were raped. You're forgetting about the people that are victims of incest that get abortions. You're forgetting about the people that have to get medical abortions because there's no heart rate for the baby, heartbeat for the baby, or because the baby has some type of genetic disorder, which is going to basically kill them after two months of being born. And the mother and the father make a conscious decision to say, we don't want to put our child through that, let alone my body. Let's get an abortion. You're forgetting about the people that face complications during pregnancy, which mm-hmm. results in an abortion. You're forgetting about the people that don't have health insurance and go here for HIV AIDS testing, STD testing. You're forgetting about the women who don't have health insurance and go here and get mammograms. You're just looking at it like abortion. Like, and, for fucking what? And, like, I'm going to be real because um, a few of my nephews are preemies. Mm-hmm. Um, their mother has a medical disorder and they, she couldn't carry the babies to full term. They had mm-hmm. to be born early. Right. We have to look at the people who physically can't have kids because it is harming to the woman's body. Right. How dare y'all watch Still Magnolias and not learn from that? Mm. I'm be real. Because that, her family... And she knew that by having this baby, there's a strong chance she's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. Right. So you got to really look at the fact that abortion isn't always about just sex. Right? right. It is about, and it's not just about the baby. Right. It's also about the mother or the, the, the parent who's birthing the baby. And the, or the lack of resources or, the lack, or of resources. the lack of um stability in general and they like, love and they love saying well this baby needs to be born and then and then getting mad that the baby needs medicaid and milk and and wick right and food stamps and it's like the fuck i told y'all i ain't want this baby so what the fuck are y'all like i told y'all i did not have the means to take care of this baby at all and like again like i've gotten into this conversation with people a lot of times i'm like yeah i'm pro-choice it's her choice if she want to keep it it's her choice if she want to get rid of it if you look at the bible if you look at the bible isn't it in leviticus where pretty much said god is okay with abortion i'm not sure i'm not even gonna lie about that i'm not sure i'm pretty sure it's in leviticus if, if if I'm wrong, I will probably Google it and then find mm-hmm. out I'm wrong. So y'all can, and then I'll and then I'll make a nice disclaimer. little disclaimer. Oh. But I am you're... wrong. But there's a whole like there's a whole like part of it like where you think about it, you can't. First of all, separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Just because you believe it in your religious text or your religious mindset. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I have to follow your religion. Again, separation of church and state. Your your religion should not dictate how I live and what I do. Right. And I think we've had, I've had this conversation with you before. I know I've talked to a few of the cousins. I remember at one point, um, I was trying to get a certain birth control for my doctor. And she said to me, 
you know, I have no problem with, it was an IUD. And she's like, you know, I have no problem with the IUD, but you can't get it done here. And I was like, why not? And she's like, oh, because of religious practices of one of the people in the office, they disagree with birth control. So we can't provide it here. And I'm like, so what does that mean? And she says, so you, I'm going to give you the number to the clinic to go to, and they're going to implant your IUD. And I was just like, so you mean to tell me because the raggedy ass receptionist outside says she's Catholic and doesn't believe in contraceptive. Now people that come to this clinic cannot and will not be provided contraceptives. And God forbid the clinic is on the other side of another bar. Right. And then certain people don't have transportation to that. And the crazy part is she couldn't even prescribe like oral contraceptives. And, and you know what? That's so fucked up. You know hey. what? You know what? I and, and I'm perfectly speaking of like my grandfather earlier, who the one who has like a million kids, right? Mm-hmm. I believe more so in contraception for those with testicles than mm-hmm. I do with those with uteruses. Mm-hmm. Because you can make a baby. A uterus can only carry a baby, one baby, maybe three, 10, 20, whatever. Because let's be real, the numbers are going up. Um, for nine months, theoretically, mm-hmm. nine to nine and a half to ten months. So they mm-hmm. to, does it, so they say, right? Mm-hmm. But a dick. Yeah, I could shoot out babies every twenty seconds, twenty minutes if you want to. Bitch, you know how many ghetto twins I know. Mm. I know a few kids that one was born September, one was born October. I am slightly a ghetto twin. Okay, I have a brother who was born the same year as me. I had a friend who was born in January. Her brother was born February. Her other brother was born in March. And her sister was born in May. And guess what? And none of and and it ain't all from same the same year. room. Same year. And like their moms live like around the corner, around the corner, around the corner from each other. Insane shit. Their daddy was in shit too. Papa was a rolling stone. But let me just say this um, about contraceptives because this is another conversation I just had this week. So with birth control, right? It's literally like my birth control might not work for someone else and someone else's birth control might not work for someone else. But when you have these issues where people don't have conversations about contraceptives, people go into it blindly thinking that all birth control works for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me personally, I had to learn the hard way medically that my birth control is specifically catered towards my needs. When you have people that are not educated in the way things are supposed to work and how they should work because of lack of resources, you will have women taking people with uteruses, taking other people's birth control. Then what disadvantages are you putting them at? Fibroids, cysts, um, cancers, growths. And and, um, and you know what's crazy? Being that mm-hmm. you said that, mm-hmm. there's some people who can't take the over-the-counter version of Plan B. Right. So they have to get abortion. Right. And not even that, because, you know, the medical system is not working for us. There is a procedure called a DNC. It's basically a debris cleaning. If you've ever had to get a DNC, you get a DNC for various reasons. I was scheduled one time to get a DNC because um, I have PCOS. 
And because I have PCOS, the lining of my uterus is way too thick because I hadn't got my period. So they scheduled me for a DNC, right? What they do not tell you is they bill your insurance for an abortion. So if you've never had an abortion before, but you've had a DNC, you were billed for an abortion. Moving forward, when you say, yeah, I've had a DNC, they consider that you've had an abortion. A lot of people don't know that. Why don't a lot of people know that? Because they don't know medical jargon. So you have a lot of people walking around here. Oh, I don't believe in abortions. They've had a miscarriage. And after they had a miscarriage, they've had a DNC. And they were billed for a DNC. They were built for an abortion. You know what? I remember I used to always question what happened after you've had a miscarriage mm-hmm. or you've taken plan B or whatever. You used to always wonder what would happen. So um, if you... don't go to YouTube. <laughs> don't go to YouTube. I was going to say, like, as a person who's seen someone actively had a mis- have a miscarriage, like, I've seen it. It's one of those things that are burned in the back. That, 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 yeah. Look, I remember the one time I was there when my friend gave birth. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know why you invited me to this quote-unquote push party. That's the first And me being me, I went. Now, I've gone to Briss before. Mm. You know, if you don't know what a Briss is, I've it's, it's, a, it's a fun family situation. But I've been to plenty of breasts. I've been to, I've, I've seen, you know, plenty of pimple popping. <laughs> I've seen, I'm just basically saying, I've seen a lot of stuff that involves blood, stuff coming mm-hmm. out of bodies, you know, just getting cut off of bodies. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know. Um, I used to have to, when I was 10 years old, I used to have to dress, you know, when my grandmother got her leg amputated, I used to have to dress the wound. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some shit. Right. And, but the birth of a baby, that's not something you get out of your eyesight, out of your brain, out of, out of, out of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to ever dream of fish again. You don't ever want to dream of fish. I don't need nobody around me dreaming of fish right now because, baby, baby. I'm tired. Uh, We we ain't got the time. We I ain't going to not another damn uh baby shower. Oh yeah, I haven't gone to one all year. Thank God. Oh my. Um, I don't want to go to no real push parties. You know the the welcome baby parties or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't, 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 don't invite me to no gender reveals. Y'all know how I feel about that. You better raise that baby as an MB. Shit. I think gender reveals are just so pointless. I mean, first of all, I still, and I say this all the time. I remember when you revealed the ginger at the baby shower. Right. That was so simple. Or you just put on the invitation by having a girl. Like, yeah. by having a boy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand, like, the premise for, I just don't. I don't, I don't, who has the time? Um, give me the baby shower. Just like, give me the meatballs and leave me alone. Give me the meatballs, the out of wedlock ones. I don't want y'all to be married. Um, the in wedlock meatballs, they be hitting sometimes. Matter of fact, I wouldn't know. I ain't never been to in wedlock baby shower. You gotta have bread. Been living in sin. You, you gotta have bread. You gotta have bread. You gotta have bread if it's, if it's in wedlock. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're married, you need bread with it. 
There's something about having the body of Christ, you know? Mm. I went to baby shower one time, and when I tell you, I went to baby shower a few times when the food was trash. And I was just like, I want my gift back. I took a centerpiece. I came here for the cake and the food and for you to open presents and be like, oh my God. And you've done none of those things. I want my gift back. You know what? I've never stayed, I've only ever stayed once. Mm -hmm. Or, and that was for my my little nephew, for my little, Mm -hmm. my nephew baby shower. I tell you, I'm so proud of this little baby. Um, Because he's finally learning to talk. Mm-hmm. And, like, it took him a really long time because he's autistic. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him. Like, he's growing up and making me so proud. But that was the only time I ever stayed for the gift. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, don't ask me to stay for nobody's gift. Let me mm-hmm. just... Because I'm here for the food, the cake, the 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 the, the, the talking. Because by the time the gift comes, it's all about you. The games are over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The games are over by the time you open any gift. I'm I'm here for the gift opening, but only if it's closed. If how many times are we gonna gasp over a deck of jeans? And that's real. And, and I want to be out of the. I want to be able to get out of the traffic before mm-hmm. anybody else, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everybody's gonna be in that traffic getting out of that parking lot. Because you know it's always a parking lot, right? And it's the worst parking lot. And it's always unorganized. Always unorganized. There might not even be lines on it. Listen, I always park the furthest away from the building. I say bye maybe nine times and I keep it fucking moving. I keep it going. Okay, what's the next one? So this is just a personal hatred of mine. But people who put their phones on speakerphone in public. Yo! I hate it. I, I hate it so much. It is 9 a.m. I am on the bus drinking my coffee. I don't want to hear you having... I shouldn't be able to hear you having a, con- a conversation over my podcast. Listen. My manager, my supervisor, my direct supervisor, owns headphones, refuses to use them, has her phone on speaker, and I'm just like, bruh, why are you doing this? And I don't want to hear your conversation. I don't. At all. I, like, That's look, all. I I love me some juicy gossip. I do. I know me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know me. But speakerphone was made for for reality TV shows and when you're cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's really it. I hate the people that FaceTime in Walmart and don't have headphones. I keep um, forgetting. I keep forgetting you live near the country. Keep going. <laughs> I just hate it. Like I'm just like, please put on headphones. Like even my mom, she's of a generation, so I get it. She's 63. Like we'll be in Walmart and she'll get like a FaceTime, and it'll be like my brothers, uh, my sister-in-law, and the kids. And I'm like, mom, just call them back later. And she's like, no, it's okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm in Walmart. Yeah, just find a couple of things. And I'm like, please stop. I, I don't know this woman. Please stop. Like, this is inappropriate. And then I'll just have the conversation. like, mom, you know, if you don't have headphones, like, people don't want to hear your conversation. She's like, oh, nobody's paying attention to me. But let, that we're talking about this. I don't think I, I don't think I told you guys. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm in Walmart. I'm on my headphones. I'm talking to my godson's father. So the analogy that I gave him was um, I was talking about repressed emotions and how when you repress your emotions for too long, it physically attacks your body. And I was like, you know, some people like they'll suppress an emotion for so long that like they'll get sick or like they'll start having chest pains or panic attacks or whatever. So 
in my defense, I was trying to get across to him the statement and still like make it like relatable for him. And with cisset men, how do you make things relatable? Talk about sex. So I'm like, so for example, if you keep harboring this shit, that shit could turn into erectile dysfunction and then your dick don't work. Mm-hmm. And then if your dick don't work, then what happens? Like, yeah, your dick doesn't work, but at the same time, the issue is not that your dick is not working. The issue is that you haven't dealt with the issues that you're having that's causing your dick not to work. In the midst of me having this conversation with him walking through Walmart, a Walmart employee of Jamaican descent. This is important because, you know, like Jamaican men are just like a different breed of like men. I've dated a few of them. I have horror stories. I know I'm related to a few of them. So he's passing by when I say, you know, erectile dysfunction, if your dick don't work, da 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 times around go blood is dick the, the cocky don't work and i was like wait what and i started laughing so he then goes to his co-worker and tells his co-worker how i'm on the phone with somebody telling my thing dick don't work and all this other shit i cut the corner they both look at me start laughing saying how my man dick don't work and i'm just like first of all that is not my man this Second is the worst game of telephone right so then i'm i'm telling my guys and following like yeah, they laughing at me. He's like, yo, tell tell him my dick work. Ain't nothing wrong with my dick. Like, <laughs> he's like, my dick works fine. It's nothing wrong with my dick. So then I'm still in the store trying to get to the line. I run into the, the Walmart guy again. He's like, please stop following me. And I'm like, sir, nobody's following you. Like, what, your dick don't work? You feel some type of way? Like, what's wrong? But like, I had headphones on. But just imagine me walking around the store on speakerphone having that conversation. It would be terrible. It would be horrible. And I just want people to stop doing that shit. Like, buy yeah. headphones. It is so inexpensive. And they're such... These headphones I'm using right now for my computer, got them from my local uh, gym, $10. Yo. Fucking dollars. When I used to work in Manhattan, I used to go to Dwayne Reed. $15 max. Listen, so handy. Okay. All right, so now it's my turn, and I'm going to give you, okay, now we're getting a, now we're going to get real. Okay. Insecure people who hide their insecurities and mask it with cockiness. This can be in the form of a very loud car, a a souped up uh, truck, Um, buying too many, buying and wearing multiple name brands to the point where your clothes don't match. Mm. Um, needing the attention of others on the street by wearing the most outlandish clothing. So do you know what I call that? And I, I coined this word after I found out about this animal and its mating rituals. I call it peacocking. Oh, that's all you're saying. Oh, it is? Shit, yeah. I thought I made it up. Okay, no, whatever. Baby. Anyway. No, baby. No, baby. No, baby. We This was 2007. Peacocking was a thing. It came around the same time that they were wearing... Um, the the indoor scarves oh, and the stunner shades stunner shades and indoor and indoor scarves the stunner shades were so pointless because you can't even see between them shits and they don't protect you from anything at all at all walking around blind and shit for no reason okay anyway but like those people who mask their insecurities with cockiness are not attractive at and all. I don't mean it and I don't mean it in a sexual or romantic way I mean it in a platonic way 
in mm-hmm. a human way. Like you're letting me know that you are the red flag mm-hmm. as a person. I should not be friends with you. Right. I it's equivalent to like the little man in the big car. Mm-hmm. Or like the the girl that has nothing to offer, but like, oh, this is a Prada dress and my pants are from Gucci and my shoes are red bottom Louboutins. And it's like, so what did you do today? And she's like, what do you mean what did I do today? Like, I have no personality. I didn't do anything. Like, right. those people are like washing paint dry. But it's more common than not. It's especially, common. especially in today's dating world. So common. Like, I, I remember one time... I went on a date with a guy and we had been talking for a minute, like maybe a couple of weeks. Right. And I said, okay, let's go on a date. And you know me, I'm a simple first date kind of, kind of gal, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take you to get, I'll take you to empanada mama. You love empanada mama. I love me some empanada mama. And then I'll go on, then we'll go on down to the arcade mm-hmm. and then we'll do a, a walk along the water. This is so you can get to know me. I can get to know you and we can have some fun and see the city. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we do something else, cool. You know, after all that, cool. You know, mm-hmm. and you know me, I don't have to spend a lot of money to spend time with you. I don't have to do a lot of things to enjoy my time with you. Mm-hmm. And I very rarely wear designer. Mm-hmm. And I was just the way I was raised. My grandparents would always dress to the nine. Like they would buy like high name brand, but they would never tell you what name brand it was. Mm-hmm. So like, that's how I was. Right. Because I'm not marketing for somebody else. Right. That's really what it is. You're mar- you're paying to market for them. Right. So I so this guy, he was just very like, and, and I remember he said it. He was like, You seem too well adjusted for me. And I was like, baby, no. But thanks. Like, first of all, this is not well adjusted. Mm-hmm. All of this. This is, I don't care what anyone said. This is not well adjusted. This is this is a kitchen and the Sims being on fire. <laughs> like there's a fire alarm going off, but we're the firemen that are supposed to be normally there within 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And why is my Sim just dancing and waving their arm, flailing everywhere and not using the extinguisher that I clicked on 20 times? This is a dumpster fire, but like, Instead of the extinguisher, like extinguishing it, it's just like shooting out glitter. Yeah. It's a pretty fire. Yeah. Shit is still a fire though. I mean, it's a rainbow fire. Listen. So like niggas be like intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, don't be, because like I'm not as well adjusted as you think, right? Right. But and I'm not masking it. I'm honest with it. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Like I've owned what that is, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm communicating with you about what it is. And he was like, "No, no, 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 no. I don't. Nope, nope, not for me. That's too much. I'm not. I don't. I was like. And then at one point, I was like, "Well, look, I go to therapy every week, and I try to work through my issues. You know what I mean? I always advocate for people going to therapy. If it's not for you, then maybe you can find another outlet." You know, right. that's healthy. Right. And he was like, I don't need therapy. I don't do that. Like, that's not for me. And I'm like, well, baby, you got to do something. You know what I mean? 
Listen, everybody that I've ever met that said therapy isn't for them is like, they're like the number one person that should be in therapy. She's uh, fucking number one. It's like, like uh, I, I, I've told you, like I've had someone like, they said to me, oh, what do you do on Sunday? And I was like, I'm going to therapy. And they were like, therapy, that's some white people shit. And I was like, okay, well, that's where I'll be. And then like two weeks later, we had a conversation and they were like, you know, I just be needing somebody to talk to. And I'm like, therapy I'm not not about to figure out your shit while I'm trying to figure out my shit you ain't paying me for that this nigga this nigga I remember one time I was talking to a dude and he was just showing signs of alcoholism Mm -hmm. like to the point where he would tell me he was drinking at 9 o'clock in the morning every day and he like I was like look I don't know if I'm the person you need to be talking to about this Mm -hmm. because while I've gone through a lot of things and I have worked through them, I worked through them via therapy. Right. I mean, I can tell you what I do for me, but that I know that's not going to work for you. You're not, you're not like me. Right. You're not me. So like you need to find something that works for you. And he got big mad. But then he also said, well, I don't like to talk to people. I don't like to share my feelings with people. I'm like, but you're sharing them with me. Right. Because you're drunk at 9 a.m. I feel like people don't like therapy because they don't want to do the work. And as, as a person who has been in therapy for a couple of years now, and there has been moments where I felt like I did not want to do the work because I one of my identifiers was my pain, I get it. But at the same time, I'm not going to complain about that shit. I hate complainers, naturally. So I'm not about to complain about that shit to anybody that's going to listen mm-hmm. with no solution. Mm-hmm. And then, like, let's be fucking honest with ourselves. We are, as a collective, as human beings, ain't shit. Mm. Okay? We ain't. And because we ain't shit, we need to acknowledge that we ain't shit. Right. We can be the shit, because I'm the shit every day. Mm-hmm. But I and, ain't 95% of the time. And I know I'm the baddest bitch on my block, because my block is a very small one. It's a very small block. It's not a long block. You know what <laughs> I liked about you know what I liked about your neighborhood? Um, and I was talking to my sister about it, because we used to go to the Bronx a lot when we were younger. And when I pulled up on your block, they were cooking outside. And I was like, such a sense of community. Like, so they, just be, they just be chilling out there. They just be chilling mm-hmm. out there, living their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, one time there was a hot plate in the van. In the van? Yeah, they opened the van. It was like one of those work vans for, like, mm-hmm. a catering company. So they just opened up the, the work the work van. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they, they, um, they cooked some, uh, some, some shrimp on a hot plate. Oh, nice. There's a guy around the corner from my house that actually sells um, jerk chicken, like the barrel jerk chicken from like, you know how they buy the old school garbage yeah. barrels and they turn into a girl. He actually sells jerk chicken and the line is like really long, but I've never gone because, you know, my food issues. I'd be like, mm, he don't wash his hands when he pees. And I'd be like, I ain't eating that shit. Oh my God. Oh my- okay. 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 <laughs> okay. But yeah, fuck them people. Fuck them insecure people. Look, 
I you, you got to work through it because you got to work through it because I had to work through shit. I have my insecurity, but I'm honest about them. Fuck right. you trying to mask it and act like you ain't shit. This is why the internet is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, what's next on your list, my dear? We are almost out of here. I got I got one. I got two more, but I'm just going to do one more because this one's going to take into a long one. I have like a million, but I'm just going to. I'm trying to think because I have one to piggyback off of yours, but at the same time, I'm like, do I wanna? Um, yeah, let's go for it. Plus size bloggers. All right, now you know, I don't know if you've ever seen me um or my body, but um I don't have a dog in, in that this, part. In this fight. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Here's my issue with plus size bloggers, right? So, you know me, I'm a plush lush type of thing. A whole squally um, scoop. A whole squally scoop. Um, my issue with plus size bloggers, I've had this conversation. We recently had this conversation about the plus size community, the plus size music movement, the body positive movement, where I was saying how it's interesting to me how the body positive movement only really caters to the plus size community when in reality, Screaming that these are not realistic body types when there are real people with these body types is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. It's idiotic. That's like me saying, you know, you have a slim figure. That's like me saying this figure doesn't exist when you have a slim figure. And I don't even, I can't even like, this is how I've always been, no matter. You and you can't speak up about it because if you speak up about it, you're considered to be part of the problem, which is stupid. Right. So here's my beef with the plus size bloggers. There are several plus size bloggers that are for the community, for the plus size community, until they get that clearance form for weight loss surgery, and then they get their clearance form, and then it's, I was never happy, you fat bitches could never, uh, all you fat bitches need to do weight watchers, look at my body, get into this figure, I was never happy as a fat bitch. Um, what else? Nobody's body should be over 250 pounds. Wow, like talking reckless. But for them 365 days before you got that clearance form, it was people need to see us as people. And just because our bodies are bigger, it doesn't mean that we're not people. We don't, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to exist. And I'm just like, me. A homie just be sitting back like, you know, she's right. And, you know, I'm following her and I'm supporting her movement or their movement. But as soon as that clearance form come in, you bitches could never. Like, and it's just like, you can't be a hypocrite on Monday and be a savior on Sunday. It mm. does not work like that. Mm. You can't do it. And the thing is, it's so sad and it's so disheartening because you have people that really idolize these bloggers, idolize them. And I'm like, girl, she got her period just like I do. I'm not idolizing her ass unless she tell me the fountain of youth and where to find it. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't work for me. But like, they really be idolizing these girls. And I'm just like, y'all do know once that ink drown on that paper, they gonna flip this script on y'all. So I'm gonna give you two prime examples. One prime example is a, a blogger. I'm not gonna say her name, but 
she was a really heavy girl and her whole brand was on the fact that she was a really heavy girl and you know that's what it tends to be how to find this clothes this wear, whatever that's fine and she was like oh I I'm I'm going to soul cycle she started going to soul cycle and she started going to um doing different workouts and she's like you know I've been working out for years and it seems like it's not working blah 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 what workouts are you guys doing yada 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 she went away for like two months she was like posting old pictures and shit like that for like two months when she came back she was visibly smaller so I'm like hold up she's a lot smaller than what she was and I'm not saying like 20 30 pounds I'm saying like 50 60 pounds so I'm like she did weight loss surgery. There's, there's, there's no logical explanation. She did weight loss surgery. So people started asking her because they noticed that she lost a reasonable amount of weight. They started asking her like, well, what, what, what did you do? Like, what's your secret? And when people would ask her what was her secret, she would block them. <gasps> so then she also has a podcast. And on the podcast, she was like, people keep asking me how I lost weight. It's none of your business how I lost weight. Just know that I lost the weight and that's all that matters. You have a public platform based off of your body, based off your body size, your body weight. You built your brand off of that. But now, because you don't want to admit to the fact that you've done weight loss surgery, it's nobody's business. That does not make sense to me. But you can't go changing your brand and not question why people are questioning you. There was an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and the only reason why I know this is because my auntie was watching it and I passed through the living room. But Kim Kardashian was pregnant and she was saying how if she gets a stretch mark, her brand is ruined. And someone said to her, why is it ruined? She said, because my body is my brand. Being that my body is my brand, I have to make sure that my body is the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. If you are a plus-size blogger and your body is your brand, if you are to alter your body in any way, it is your due diligence to your brand and your supporters to say, hey, I alter my body and this is why. There's a blogger, and I'm going to say her name because she keeps it real, Passion Jones. She was recently um, in all of the, like, the shade room tabloids and shit because she came out saying that she was in a poly marriage. She had a boyfriend and all this other shit. Paris Jones was a body, she's a body influencer. She was a bigger girl as well. She was like, y'all, I got my clearance papers. I'm getting weight loss surgery. And this is why I'm doing it. She went and got her weight loss surgery. She said, I done lost the weight. I'm getting plastic surgery. And this is why I'm doing it. She was very upfront and open and honest about her surgery from start to finish. Because she knew as a brand, people would ask her, okay, you lost my weight. What happened? Oh, mm-hmm. you, you snatched now. What happened? She's like, I did weight loss surgery and I, I got body modification done. Like, why lie about it? And she's very, oh, she's like, listen, a lot of other bloggers, a lot of other bloggers, plus size, they've got the surgery. And they've been like, oh no, I just eat right. And that's another issue that I have. If you do weight loss surgery, do not fucking become a health food guru because we all know that is not how you lost the weight. Yo. I know several people that have done weight loss surgery. Personally, I know them. They've done the surgery. One person I know did the surgery. They told me they did the surgery from jump. And then they started selling cookbooks on how to lose weight. Another person I know 
didn't tell me they do this, did the surgery. I know they did it because somebody they told told me. And when I asked them, like, oh, you're losing so much weight. How did you lose it? They told me smoothies. Oh, my. Yo. Smoothies. Yo. I've heard. Remember? Remember when? Wait, do you remember back when we were kids and mm-hmm. everybody was drinking Slim Fast to lose weight? Listen, my mom was on Slim Fast. My grandmother. And my grandmother's always been, like, she was always pretty thin. She she was mm-hmm. never above a size. She Until she was about 60. Nine sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. She was never above a size eight. Mm-hmm. And then when she got a little, when she got into like her seventies, that's when she never went above a size ten. Mm-hmm. So homegirl was like always pretty small, mm-hmm. right? But during like you know the early two thousands, late nineties, Slim Fast was her go-to. Mm-hmm. But the new Slim Fast is Premier Protein. But Premier Protein is actually kind of healthier, they say. But I could get into it about diet culture and, like, how diet culture is complete bullshit and how um, focusing on the scale is complete bullshit. Because I was just having this conversation the other day. Like, you know, last year was pretty tumultuous. You know, I started back going to the gym this year. And the fact that I am literally a whole bunch of pounds lighter but still wear the same size jeans Mm. makes no fucking sense. Uh. And this is why I try to explain to people weight loss isn't completely like just working out and eating. You have to look at your bone structure. You have to look at like so many other key components and factors. But again, that's another conversation for another day. We've had that conversation about weight loss and weight gain um, and how it affects your body. You know me, I know you. We know what we be talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's that on that. But I just want if if you're a blogger and you live on this this notion of transparency, right? You have a due diligence to your community and your brand, to be honest. Right. And I feel like if you're not being honest with the people that support you and literally are paying your fucking bills. These people are paying your bills with each click. You at least like owe them that shit to be like, yeah, y'all. Yep. I got weight loss surgery. Plus, you can see them sh- the shit in her knees. Like, what a lot of people don't realize when you do weight loss surgery, it shows in your knees. You get like this. If you don't lose weight, like with like diet exercise and working out, and then you just drop the weight, you get this flap over your knee. I'm going to send you her picture. You've oh, never. You've never, you've no, never seen it. Okay. No. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to be like, oh, I see it. Like, you get this thing in your knee. Is that why, like, is, is that, I thought, it, I just thought it was because of, like, your, your, your body is, your legs are used to carrying a certain amount of weight that it doesn't understand how to do it differently now. So what happens is, okay, so there's different types of weight loss surgery, right? Okay, I'll use a a known person that we both know, Kelly Price. Okay. Okay, Kelly Price did what is called um, the gastric sleeve initially. No, I'm sorry. She did lap band. So basically what lap band does is the band that goes over the top part of your stomach it doesn't cut you or anything. It just goes over the top part of your stomach. You get down to the side you want to get down to. And either you can release the fluid out of the band by taking the fluid out or you can leave it in. 
a lot of people, they get down to a certain size and they take some of the fluid out, which gives them less restriction. Kelly Price did it. She lost a whole bunch of weight when she did it. She's like, but does the band pop? Do they leave the band in you? It doesn't pop, but it can corrode. And then, because you can gain weight back, right? It just sounds you like... gain the weight back when they take the liquid out of the band. Okay. So she took some of her liquid out to give her, like, more freedom and ended up gaining the weight back. So when she gained the weight back, she was like, no, I need something that's going to stick. So then that's when she did the gastric sleeve. So the gastric sleeve basically... So there's a gastric sleeve that cuts your stomach and then there's a gastric sleeve that basically like shrinks your stomach to like, you could only get like two ounces of food in. But the one that like cuts you, you could only get like, I think, yeah, like two, like two ounces of food in. So that's what she has now. So her body won't allow her to gain but so much weight because it only allows her to eat but so much food. But the thing that people need to understand about these gastric surgeries is you lose the weight because your body is in starvation mode. You don't lose the weight because you're actually like doing better. Like your body is physically telling you, I can't eat any more food, so I'm going to eat my body. It's it's very complicated. This is a lot. Yeah, and also disclaimer i don't want anybody to think that i'm against weight loss surgery i'm not it's just not for me but what i think people need to understand is when you embark on these journeys for weight loss surgery you have to do your own research because they're going to tell you you, right they're going to tell you basically this is the best thing for you and this is the benefits of it and it's going to be less weight on your body but at the same time you have to be on supplements for the rest of your life you have to um, be on different vitamins for the rest of your life. You literally can't drink water or drink a drink and eat your food at the same time for the rest of your life or you will throw up. Like, there's so many things they don't tell you, but they just say, hey, if you get this surgery, you'll lose weight. Because why? Society is, accept- is like obsessed with being skinny and not even being skinny in the way that it's natural to someone's body, but they're obsessed with making fat people skinny. Wow. It's insane. Wow. That was a lot. That is, this is why we're here. We are here to learn. <laughs> we are getting educated every step of the way. Okay. It's unfortunate, but it's crazy. This is, these should be my lecture hours that go toward a college degree. Listen, this, is, this goes back to what I said in the previous post of how am I supposed to get the job when I need 15 years of experience if I don't have the degree to get 15 years of experience? They should literally have life experience as a, like... That was actually a class. Thing. That was actually a class. Well, yeah, it is. When you're, when you're like, a freshman, they yeah. like, this whole, like... Did you I'm, get the, like, I'm good at you at life right now. <laughs> and and did you get the um did you get the this is how much alcohol you should not be drinking part of it? No, because my okay, my life skills teacher in undergrad was this old white woman that looked like Betty Crocker. So like she basically like taught us like how to navigate college and not like jump off of a building because we failed the class. Uh, speaking of Betty Crocker, y'all need to listen to Cooley High, Betty Crocker. 
You know me. You know me. I love me some Cooley Hot. They are. They they have the, some of the few white rappers that I'd be like, yo, you about that life. Even though one of them was on an HGTV show, and we don't talk about it. We're not gonna mention that. We're not gonna mention that. Um. Okay. So the next thing on my list. Last thing on my list. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Wait. You said the last thing. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I want, did you want to do, how many more you want to do? Cause I have two more I can do. We can do two more. Okay, cool. All right. So, so instead of that, I'm going to do this one, which is gatekeepers of blackness. I'll just throw my whole laptop out the window. Cause here I'm here for it. Gatekeepers of blackness. How dare you tell me what is or isn't black Mm. and what I can or cannot do with my black Mm. Okay, maybe look just because you and I watch "Don't Be a Menace to the Streets" while drinking your juice as children, mm-hmm. and that is our black experience because we mm-hmm. all had that one cousin. That might not be another black person's experience. Do you know blackness is, is not a monolith? And I'm not just talking in these United States. I'm mm-hmm. also talking there are black people who live in Africa. Africa. Okay, who live over there in the Madagascar? Wait a minute, excuse me. I just want you guys to know that Finn is so high right now. I'm so high right now. They are barely keeping their eyes open. And it's so funny. Mind <laughs> you, I've just been sitting here drinking like fridge water and just chilling. So I just I'm, finished, I'm conscious. I just finished some pineapple mango juice. Oh, that sounds good. It's dope. Um, but there are other black people who live in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying just Africa as a country because Africa is a whole continent. So, like, let's be real, it's a whole continent of Negroes. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and the kids up in Nigeria don't have the same uh, the same experiences as the kids in South Africa or Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the same experiences as the black kids in France or the black kids in England mm-hmm. or the poor, unfortunate black kids in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you know what's so crazy? Like, the amount of black folks in Ireland scares me. I'm not surprised. But it scares know, me. We will literally go anywhere. We will move anywhere. It like, is scary. Do you know how close to coldness you are? Listen. Do you know how that is sad? You are that you out here with a parka more times a year than a New Yorker is. You moved to a country where like white people are created knowing racism. No racism. Like the whole, I'm I'm just gonna say this. I'm just gonna say this. The Moors. Mm. Anyway. Um sprinkle but, that on that. Mm, and that's that on that, because y'all can Google it for the free. Mm. Um, but the so you can't say what blackness is or isn't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that also goes for queerness. Because mm. queer black folk, queer black folk are so quick to say what we do and don't do. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, having been told that from white queers all their lives. And why 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 are white gay people the margin? Like why are they hold the on, let's hold, the it, let's, hold that, let's hold that thought on that. Okay. Because that's going to go into my last one. Okay, okay. Good. All right, y'all hold that thought on that, though. But 
You can't be a gatekeeper of blackness. You can't tell me what I can or can't do as a black person. And to piggyback on that, you can't be for black people and be a gatekeeper. Because we've had this conversation. I'm pretty sure that they're not going to hate me for bringing this up. But Marlena has been on the podcast quite a few times. And we've had conversations about her experience as a black woman as opposed to this consensus experience as black women when we were in OG chat, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that she didn't grow up with right. and experiences that she didn't have growing up that we had because of our family dynamic being different. Yeah. So, whereas she would ask the question and be like, why do people say, why do black people say X, Y, Z? And people would say to her, oh, you should know. Or Google is free. And then I'm like, in their inbox, oh, that's because blah, 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 blah. Because my, my upbringing as a Black kid was completely different than my friends. My friends grew up in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. I grew up in the side, but like, I grew up sheltered in the side. I didn't grow up in the side. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I grew up with PG-13 movies up until I was, like, 14. Right. I grew up a church kid. Like, my experience is completely different. And I remember, like, because my experience was completely different, people aligned it with whiteness or wanting to be Yes, yes. And it's not... It's not that I want to be white because I got black ass parents. And honestly, my dad is militant as fuck. Like, as fuck. And it's not that it was in alignment with whiteness. It was just my upbringing was different because the way my parents raised me was completely different. Yes. Like, I, when I was growing up, shut up was a bad word. Like, <laughs> I, didn't start, I didn't start cursing until I was like a senior in high school. And even when I was cursing as a senior in high school, like, my curse words made no sense. It would be like, what the shit? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, actually, it can. As, as the one thing about the, as times have changed, mm-hmm. um, language has changed, and curse words are now getting more and more versatile. Mm-hmm. I still feel like fuck is the most versatile. I feel like fuck is one of those, like, remember when I said before, like, cunt comes from your soul and bitch yeah. comes from just like your mouth? Yeah. I feel like fuck comes from your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Like, deep in there and like i i mean because i started cussing around 13 14 mm-hmm. and it, I, it went through that whole it, it felt like it didn't make sense it felt like you were like a kid trying to say a curse word like a damn toddler i'm a toddler <laughs> trying to curse and like you're like part of you feels like you should be like necky is free Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like chommy pickles. Like, like, what am I doing? But at the same time, like, yo, it was a rite of passage. That is yeah. an all, that is, I feel like that's a global rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of those few things that's global. Right. But it is one of those things of, like, my, I didn't get as involved with, like, the blacker side of me until I got older. Right. You know, and then, like, I think, like, the most we would do is, like, the occasional once in a while I'd see, like, you know, we'd have, like, a family get together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I see my cousins and we start dancing in the living room. Right. 
But like that was rare. So again, I come from a black ass family. Like black ass family. Black. But I think for me growing up, I didn't realize that I needed to acknowledge that my family was black because we just did shit that we did. Right. But to my friends, it was like, oh, like y'all all like y'all all go to your auntie house for Christmas and like have fun and like nobody gets into a fight or like there's no alcohol because like I come from a Christian family there was never any alcohol at like family events because like you just didn't like my grandmother did what the fuck y'all drinking for and it's like they don't drink in your family and I'm like no that's some white people shit that's like mm. like to the point like I, I even said this to my sister recently like at one point like <laughs> Niggas in my high school had made up like this thing talking about like I got adopted by a white family because the shit didn't make sense to them. I mean, and it was so like to me <laughs> in that moment, it wasn't funny. But like looking back on it, I'm like that was the dumbest shit ever. The to dumbest the point, to the point that like this guy that I I was in um high school with ended up working with me and my sister. And he was like to my sister. Like, yeah, y'all got a white mom, right? And she was like, my mother is black. What the fuck are you talking about? He was like, nah, her mom, she had a white mom. My mother came up to the school before and they were still convinced I had a white parent. Like, <laughs> no, so everyone who, like, every every school I went to, everybody knew my grandfather. Mm-hmm. This man drove a mint green town car Lincoln. Mm-hmm. All right. He had, for a long time, he had, he would board on the top, hair on the side, you know that, and then a ponytail that went to the middle. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. When you said the bald on the side one, remember when I sent you guys the picture of um, No, he bald on the top. Remember when I sent you the picture of Sherman Helmsley and what yeah. I did? Yeah. I instantly just saw that in my head and started laughing, but continue. And, and, and he had this gold necklace, gold um gold jewelry like he was very like you knew this man came from benson her mm-hmm. very italian very italian and shop mm-hmm. shop everyone knew him though and they were like and they saw me because they knew he raised me and everything and like they were like i have i heard finn got kidnapped by white people <laughs> <laughs> i heard finn got kidnapped by the mob and that's like, why he here. That's why he here. I can't. And like dead ass, like dead ass, like these were rumors that I heard about me. And I'm like, wait a minute, did I get kidnapped? Yeah, it, it really makes you think like, like the only rumor that I've actually ever played into that in my adult life, I'm like, that's fucking stupid. When I was in undergrad, um, when I came back home and I was going to BMCC, there was this girl in my class, and at the time I had stopped perming my hair. It was the first time I had stopped perming my hair, and I went all natural. And at the time, my hair was just like really big and curly. Like that's why I say hair is like weird because now, like you know, my shrinkage is ridiculous. But back then, right. it was like big, curly, and just lush. And this girl in my class from the Bronx, she was Dominican. She assumed I was Dominican. And at the time, my Spanish was, like, pretty good. So she just assumed I was Dominican. And then I was with her and her friend one day, and she's like, yeah, so you're Dominican, right? And I was like, Dominican? 
She's like, yeah, you're Dominican, right? I could tell by your hair. Like, her friend is saying this to me. And she's like, yeah, this is the Dominican girl I was telling you about from my English class. Da, da, da. And I was like, okay, we Dominican. Like, I guess we Dominican now. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Like, I was just like, let's oh just fucking God. do it. But, oh like, I, I feel like I did that from a, a place of saying I needed friends at the time. As opposed to, like, being a straight poser for no fucking reason. That so, is... Like, that shit was so funny. Like looking back on that shit was so funny. I because mean, I went, I went straight Dominican on some. Yeah, I'm going to get my hair done. When did y'all go get your hair done? Because I go to the Dominicans on Marcus Garvey. Like <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing moments in childhood. Go get it. Go get a Dominican <laughs> blowout real fast. Oh my god, I used to. That's the one thing I do miss about getting my hair like perms. A good old Dominican blowout. Oh, oh my gosh. Amazing. Hands down. And you feel like royalty. Let me tell you something. Everybody listening to me. Take a knee. If you never do anything for yourself in this lifetime, please go to the Dominicans. Not a Dominican hair salon. The Dominicans. The people. The people, because you can go to a Dominican hair salon and there's no Dominicans in there. But you need to go to the Dominicans, the ones that cook the food in the back, have the kitchen door open, and their son is probably working at desk. And and next thing you know, somehow they got, you ain't saw nobody with a phone, but food was delivered from Audubon Ave. Listen, you need to go there and you need to let them wash your hair. For real. I don't care how much hair you have. I don't care how much hair you don't have. You need to let them wash your hair. Because let me tell you something. I am an ally. I am in no part, any part, by, but I fell in love with a few of them bitches. <laughs> a few of them. On some, like, I am paying the deep conditioning fee and I don't even need it, but I just want you to scrub myself a little longer. Just a little longer, sis. I cannot. <laughs> mm. Like, I've been washing my own hair and been like, oh, I should call her. Like, it's something about the way they wash your hair. Yo. And I've gone to other salons. Like, I've gone to Black-owned salons. Like, the last time I got my hair um, washed and set, like, I wanted to support a Black-owned business. And plus, um, the Dominicans that I used to go to, um, we found out they were putting like relaxer in their shampoo, so I stopped going there. Especially as a natural girl, I don't want to put any type of chemicals in my hair. So I went to this black-owned hair salon, and she didn't do it for me. Like I was just like, "That's it." Look, I gotta find me a new Dominican hair salon or a new Dominican hairstylist. Yes, I was so pressed. But listen, I'm telling you, I don't know if y'all got Dominicans where you live. There's Dominicans everywhere. But, like, come to New York, go to the Dominicans, just tell them to wash your hair. It's like $20. Tell them just to wash your hair. You ain't got to do shit else. Just let them wash your hair. And then, and then go to Junior's, look at the chair of death, and then get back on a plane in JFK and leave. That's it. I really want y'all to see this chair of death because every time I go to Junior's, you don't even have to go into Junior's. We can just walk by Junior's. And my grandfather would start talking about that damn chair. I okay. We're here. Let's do it. So when my sister was dating her ex-husband, right? We went to Junior's one night 
all three of us because he used to be like, oh, let's cross up. We'll go to juniors, whatever, go out to eat. And um, we used to always get the same waiter every time we went to juniors. This uh, East Indian guy. I believe he's been working there since the store opened. He's just a gem. And this particular night, I don't know. I was just, you know, I'm clumsy. I accidentally tucked the tablecloth into my pocket. I don't know how, but I accidentally tucked the tablecloth into my pocket, got up to go to the bathroom and took the whole fucking table with me. All of our food. I had macaroni in my panties. Don't ask. Don't ask. And it was just like Those are not the macaroni sound that we were looking for. Listen, I didn't even know about macaroni sounds like that back then. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll never forget that. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sweet the level ocean. of embarrassment. Sweet ocean. Okay. Okay, what's and next then, on your list? Oh, wait, oh. let me just, wait. And then, and then in true Brooklyn fashion, we ran into this lady outside of Junior's who said she had five, five kids and three chicken wings and was wondering if we could give her some money to get two more chicken wings. Because, you know, Brooklyn, I miss what? it so much. I, oh my God, oh my God. Yo, yo, speaking of true Brooklyn fashion, when my friends and I were out drinking, Mm-hmm. Uh, during Pride weekend, mm-hmm. um, I went to the Lower East Side spot, right? And you know we all Brooklyn kids, right? Right. We saw this girl dressed out, drunk on the street, mm-hmm. on the Lower East Side, and her friends were trying to get her up and screaming and Oh my god! Oh my god! And us looking at her said throw water on her face, and they kept walking. They called the waiter. And they threw the water and she got up. She got up. I don't know what it is with drunk people, but when you throw water on them, they assume that they're in the ocean drowning, and they just jump up. <laughs> and it's like, girl, you know we on land, right? Thank you for getting <laughs> off the floor, but... Like, please, get, don't be on the ground in Manhattan. Ugh. Like, please don't. It's such, a, it's such a dirty borough. Like, when you really, really think about it. Man, you really? When people talk, there was, did you see that meme, say what city you're from by just telling, um, uh, by saying the smell? Mm-hmm. And I said, I live in New York. I go to Manhattan. I'm not, I don't like this game. Certain parts of Manhattan smell like privilege. And certain smart, and certain parts smell like funnel cake even though there's none nearby. Right. You know what I think queens smell like? And don't laugh at me because I've said this to someone and there's a reason why I say queens smell like this. Queens smells like dirty coochie. Yeah. It smells like dirty coochie. All that damn fishing. All that damn fishing. It it just smells like dirty coochie. So, and and people don't realize queens has so much water around it Mm -hmm. and in it. And in it, and it hasn't been cleaned in years. And the thing is, Queens has the worst irrigation system of all the five boroughs. Yes. Literally, last night it was raining. I had to park my car, like, on the Ave and then walk home. The amount of big-ass puddles I had to avoid 
because of the irrigation system being and, trash. And y'all, and the part of Queen that you live in, the part mm-hmm. where you live in, they don't be having real sidewalks. They yeah. don't. They don't be my having. Area, my area, they do. But I know which area you're talking about. But I don't live that far from like a district, so that's why we have real sidewalks. Okay. Yeah, but you would think a borough with really no underground railroads or train system. Please, yeah, because you got to <laughs> I Like, I thought about it, like, railroads. Like, where the hell are you talking me that? Oh, my gosh. You would think a borough with no underground, like, train system would have better irrigation. Yeah. And it smells like dirty coochie. And in certain places, it smells like straight armpits. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I hate driving through there in the summertime. And I and then you have to get you have to line up to wait for the bus. Y'all ain't better than anybody just because you line up to get on your motherfucker. When I first moved to Queens, I jumped the line and people looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I'm looking at y'all like y'all stupid. Why y'all lined up for? Just get on the fucking bus. We ain't we ain't little kids. We ain't nobody. Okay, what's next on your list? Okay. So we can either take this two ways. Do we want to talk about a whole entity or do we want to talk about a person? Well, I'm going to go into an entity. I want to go into a whole gaggle of folks for my last one. Okay, so I'll talk about the entity first, and then the last one, I'll talk about a person. Uh, TLC Television Network. Hate it. However, however, I'm still going to watch the shit. I'm still going to watch it. But I... Plast? The Plast? The Plast family? TLC has this thing where they take marginalized groups of people and they exploit them. And then they take white groups of people and they make them the hero, the heroine, the savior. Prime example, 18 and counting. If you guys don't remember 18 and counting, it was about um, a family. I'm not going to say they were Mormon. I can't remember if they were Mormon or not, but I'm pretty sure they were Mormon. About a family who had 18 kids and fucking counting. I believe the last child she had had severe medical issues. Her response was, I'll stop having kids when God told me I can't have anymore. Here's why I hate them fucking people. They knew that their son was a sexual predator. The son molested um, a few of the girls in the church. They found out about it. They found out he was molesting his sisters. The mother's exact words, she said this on national television with her whole fucking chest. When he found out he was touching his sisters, we told him nothing under the clothes is fine. You're a fucking monster, bitch. Anyway, so... I'm, 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 I'm so... Yeah, like... and she said it with her whole chest. And her husband was like, yeah, I agreed. So what does TLC do? Because now people are in an uproar and say, hey, you know, this family is disgusting. We don't want them on our television. There's actually people that were molested by this man that have to watch him on television day in, day out. They go, oh, hey, well, we'll give his two sisters that were molested by him a show. And the premise of the show would be them rebuilding their life after they were molested by him. And we're going to make them talk about it. Oh, my God. You're capitalizing off of people's pain. Oh, my gosh. The second show show that I don't like about by TLC, the Platt family, I don't know. 
that's just shining a light on some weird shit because that family is just like it makes no sense like the father and mother have lived like very rich and full lives and still do but they want their kids to live this life of like shelteredness for no reason and then they get upset that their children say hey this ain't for me right it's very weird and um i don't like the i don't like the i don't like the mother she's such a first of all it's like she she acts like she's holier than thou Mm -hmm. and that well we don't have any real issues the issues are their problem not Mm -hmm. ours and i'm like but these are your children their issues should be your issues and how is it, like, my coworker was like, how is it that they always go on vacation and stuff, and they leave the kids home? And then they have the 15-year-old daughter basically um, vying for their affection by what she can provide for the family, and she's dying on the inside. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. But the content of shows that TLC puts out, granted, I'm fully invested and addicted. Um, Seek so your sister wife. It's my shit. Um, a lot of the shows are my shit. 90 Day Fiance is my shit. You know what? Um, I can I can honestly say I've only ever seen one episode of 90 Day Fiance and I'm so fine. Good. It's so good. You know what? Depending on which family, it's good. Because right now you have like some people that are trying to get spinoffs and they're making it obvious. And it's like, you're not that interested to get a spinoff, honey. They gave one spinoff and it was rightfully deserved. Um, I just feel like TLC does a great job at exploiting people and mm. it's not always in the best way and at the same time like I'm gonna still watch that shit however y'all are sick and y'all need like some type of salvation but um, yeah that the way they handled that situation really upset me because it's like and you know what's so crazy? This is another reason why I hate TLC. Um, it's not uncommon. They've they have a history of giving um putting people on shows that it later comes out that this person has like an open sexual harassment case or an open rape case. And it's like they do this thing where they're like, oh, the shit is already filmed. What do you want us to do? And they'll put the content out. Oh my god. You know. You are learning about a, a lot about the Learning Channel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not the Learning Channel anymore. It was the Learning Channel when they actually had shit that made sense. But you, but that part. But, okay, so Seeking Sister Wife, right? Pretty good show, but at the same time, it's like a show full of, like, bullshit. It's very... Um, Ego driven, in my opinion, because if you wanted to make a show called Seeking Sister Wife and show how um, polygamy or the polyamorous lifestyle is a thing, why not do the inverted? Why not have it where there's polyandry, where there's a woman with two men, or they're just straight up like, I'm his wife, that's his girlfriend, that's her boyfriend, that's my boyfriend, that's his wife. Like, why not do it that way? The way they do it with Seeking Sister Wife is male driven it's poly what is that emory to the fullest and like one of the guys even said like that's my wife and that's my other wife and they don't sleep together they for me that's it another another girl well actually no 
And this goes back to like how religion is used sometimes as a loaded gun. One of the women on the show, visibly, because this woman cries every episode, you can see that this is not what she wants for her life. But her husband literally bullied her into doing this shit. He said, like, he literally said to her one episode, um, the reason why you're having a hard time with this because they made an agreement that he wouldn't sleep with the the soon-to-be sister wife until after marriage, and then he slept with her. And she was like, why didn't you tell me you slept with her? He was like, why should I have to? And she's like, well, we had an agreement. And he's like, no, you had an agreement. And she's like upset about it. And she's like, you know, I don't don't feel like this is, you know, what I thought it was going to be. And he was like, the problem is you're not playing enough because this is what God called you and called for you to do in your life. And you don't want to go against God's will, do you? And it's not the case. The case is he was going to leave your ass because she's like alluded to it. He was going to leave her unless she decided that this is what she agreed to do. And the fucked up part is, and I have a theory, but I don't know yet. The fucked up part is the person he's trying to marry is from Brazil. So he had to divorce his wife in order to marry her to get her to the States. And he's like to his wife, oh, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. Like, we're still going to be married. It's just on paper just so we can get her to the States easily. But I think he's going to leave her. Like, he's going to take the kids and he's going to leave her. And then one of the other couples. This doesn't, this isn't, this isn't helping Polly. It's not, it's not shining a good light on anything. Because like, as, as, as me being Polly, right? First of all, I go into it letting my partner know I'm Polly. Right. Like you have to let your partner know. And then you also have to be able to say, hey, I am, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take care of you. And you're going to take care of me. I'm not going to leave you. You know, this is mm-hmm. what it is. If it's not for you, that's fine. You know, you can exit stage left and we can just, you know, leave it be. Right. You know, still be friends. We'll see. Or if it is for you, like, you know, cool. And we try it out together. Because every every day is a different try of something mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I don't understand, like, why put in... And don't forget, polygamy is always seen often as one man, multiple women. Right. And it's always shown the woman being docile. Right. And, and then, like, no. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you want to bring light to different lifestyles, why not run the gamut instead of just saying, like, we're only focusing on male-centric ideology? Because there's one couple, the Snowdens, right? So when I, they're a Black couple. When I saw them on the show, I was like, oh, wow, that's different. Like, we actually have a Black couple on here. That's pretty good. Until I found out that they're fucking both abusive. And the first woman they married, she left them because they were abusing her. And then they married another girl, got her to the States, married her, got her kids here, and started abusing her. And now she has an order of protection against him and the wife. And is in the States basically by herself with her kids. Mm-mm. Like, shit is wild. So yeah, I hate TLC television. I'm still gonna watch it. But um I listen 90 day fiance is my shit 90 day listen if y'all ever want to binge watch something that you shouldn't be watching but you can't turn it off 90 day fiance is that show oh gosh oh gosh all right here's the last one mm-hmm. 
the 72 countries white gays also falls under first of all first of all i understand what you're saying with your plight but i'm illegal in 72 countries and i need you to understand that i haven't been to any of those countries but the fact that i'm illegal in those countries it burdens me and it makes me feel bad about myself oh my god mind you these are also the same look those 72 countries which is now supposedly 71 i think it's it's still up in the air Mm -hmm. um it's first of all most of them are of color countries of color Mm-hmm. of a color so a lot of the the 72 the 72 countries white gays don't realize that those are the places you go to for vacation and you shouldn't be going to them for vacation if you know you're illegal there and in some of them you're not even going there for vacation a lot of those middle eastern countries you're not going there you're not you're not gonna go you have no reason nobody goes to vacation in Kazakhstan. like like what are you doing what what, what are you doing you just want to be oppressed so bad. Oh, my gosh. Like, I understand you're already oppressed by being queer. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah. Like, baby, if you got one, that's enough. You don't want to have more than one. It is exhausting. But you know what it is? And I mean this with all the respect in my soul. I feel like some white gay men, right? and some white gay women. White gay women don't, um, lesbian women, they don't really make too much of a fuss unless it's like because some sexist shit. Especially like, let's be real. If you're a lesbian, you're already a woman. You already know. You already know. You already know. Um, I feel like they have this sense of like pity me. I don't want to say what was me, but it's a sense of like pity me. Like I need you to pity me to understand that my plight is just as important as other people's. But the thing is, we're not telling you that it's not important. You're telling us that our plight isn't important. So you in turn think that we feel the same about you. Right. But it's not the case. Like, okay, kid, like, baby, you gay. Be gay. We are here. We are here to stand. We're trying to be on your side, buddy. Right. Like, I, like, it's like, because what happens is these are the same ones that fall under the, the, it's just a preference. Mm-hmm. Or the ones who fetishize black bodies. They, they, these are the ones who fall oh, under the- big the, black hot guys? Oh, if I hear that one more time. Oh, so disgusting. It is exhausting. Like, why are you fetishizing me? Why? Why? And if you're not fetishizing me, you're telling me that, like, you're not into me because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. It's, either one, it's either one extreme or the other. Right. And this is coming from someone who predominantly dates white guys. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know the forest I had to go through? <laughs> All the poison I, the, I had to avoid. And you know what's so funny? I, I'm not closed off I'm not closed off to dating, you know, elsewhere, in a sense. Like, I've only dated Black men, but I'm not closed off from dating. Get you a white man. Get you a white man. I'm I'm not closed off from it. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something about get you a white man, okay? The great thing about dating white guys is, at least for me, when you know you're Black, Mm -hmm. it helps affirm your Blackness even more. Really? Because it's like, 
when you're with one who understand what they're doing and what mm-hmm. the word they're using and how the meaning that they have, mm-hmm. they be out here like, look, I'm down for you. I am here for you. Yeah, because like my whole thing is I've always been very like, especially now in my 30s, where I'm like, as a Black woman, this is what I am. And, you know, because again, I went through that whole like, she Dominican, like that bullshit. So, <laughs> <laughs> when in reality my mama from Georgia and my dad is my father is from the West Indies but anyway um, I never want to have to explain my blackness to anybody that isn't I don't want to have to explain my blackness to anybody but to have to explain my blackness to someone who isn't black seems exhausting and I don't want to um, look it is so exhausting um, child when I tell you I'm so tired of teachable moments um this is not what I have my degree in. This is look, the fact that I'm working on my degree in this mm. because I'm I've been doing it so long. Might as well. Might as well have the life experience. Life experience. That 15 years experience. I got it. Fifteen bitch. years experience. You know what I'm saying? Like reality is, it is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. But it's like once you meet someone. Who isn't fetishizing you? Mm-hmm. And who that's what is, my issue is. Who isn't, um, who isn't saying your preference, your your skin tone is not a preference of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, who isn't trying to garner your attention and try to play the, um, play the woe with me game because like i said like i said before this is life you don't want to play them games with me i got a whole dead daddy i will start with that mm-hmm. and we can work from there and it'll get worse and i can make you cry mm-hmm. um so when you have somebody who isn't doing all of that mm-hmm. and they see you and they hear you and you're learning about their culture and their background because that's really what it is like right. you're learning about another person's background Mm-hmm. And then they're learning about yours, and you're teaching them in a way that it's not. I have to give you a teachable moment. It's like right. this is just like this is what we do. You know what I mean? Right. I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad you appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm glad I can share it with you. It's 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 so amazing, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons why I have mostly dated outside of my race. Like, you know. Me dating, me dating, me dating an Indian man Mm -hmm. for a long ass time. Mm -hmm. I got to learn about Indian culture. I got, well, Punjabi culture. Which is completely different. It's very, there's so many different versions of India, Mm -hmm. right? So I got to learn about Punjabi culture. I got to learn about Punjabi American culture. Mm -hmm. Because it's very different sometimes. And it's just like, and he got to learn about mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember one time he had this. He had this cousin, racist, just, just racist, mm-hmm. just, just, just racist. Um, and this is one of those moments where, like, yes, this is one of those rare, rare moments where a racist turns out to be a, a good person. Okay. Very, very rare, very rare moment. Okay. And he was like, one day we were at we were at some function or whatever, and he was there, and he was just like, "Oh shit, I didn't know that this meant that. 
I didn't know that this was wrong. I didn't know that you experienced a lot of the same shit that I experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then one day we had a whole conversation. It was when I was being nice. This is when I was trying to be a nice person, okay? Mm-hmm. And I allowed him to give me his whole feel about how he grew up. And, like, because his family, his mother and father are way different than my ex's mother and father. Mm-hmm. Even though they're cousins. So, like, it's a whole thing. And I was just like, okay, this makes sense. Well, we're going to have a whole real conversation about blah. Now, he's married to a whole ass black woman. I'm not surprised. He'd married black, to women, a- black women will gather you by your hair and teach you a couple of things. He's like, I love her. I love her. And he's and he's such a cool guy to talk to now and all that shit. So like it is weird. Like, you know, I I do like going outside of my wrist. I do like going outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I'm so tired of when I go outside my comfort zone. Or just getting fuck shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Baby, I am tired of having to squally scoop your edges. Listen. And your hair too slick. So I like it's like a whole Woof. In my experience of um interacting with white men, white men. Um <laughs> first of all, white men. First of all, <laughs> I am a woman of a certain size and height. Um I, I've gotten the Amazon thing um, mm. quite often. Um, but my favorite interaction with a white man was his pickup line was, you are the most beautiful brown creature I've ever seen. Where I'm from, we don't have, black, we don't have, mo- we don't have colored women. I'm so attracted to you. And I said, baby, this is not a pickup line. I don't know who told you this is okay, but this ain't it. And then he blocked me. Yo. And I was just like, look. I had high hopes for us, baby, because he looked like Seth Rogen. And it was just, it was in the thing. Yo. Well, this one day when this white guy, I was in Williamsburg, and this was like during the protest. You ain't got to say nothing else. <laughs> You gotta say that out. I was in Williamsburg, and this was like last year during the protest, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't at the protest. I just went to Williamsburg because I was like, I was, I had just finished dropping off some supplies that I drove mm-hmm. around to like take to some of my friends and family, mm-hmm. right? You know, because not everybody had access to toilet paper, paper towels, all that right. shit. And I had access to a car, and I went to three different WalMarts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Family first, right? Um. And I was in Williamsburg and I was, uh, I, I, you know me, I'm a hoe. So I was on Grinder, And I was on Grinder in Bush, in Bushwick, where I was near the niggas in Bushwick. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's still some, some niggas there's in like, Bushwick. There's like a sprinkle of black folk. And then there's like, oh, like a handful of Dominicans. And then the white people. Right. So... <laughs> So it's still long when I get to Williamsburg and I get to Williamsburg and this guy slides into my DMs and said, I'm giving blowjobs at reparations in, in, in favor of BLM. Would you like one, sir? And I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I know this is not happening to me. 
Like I, I like you know when you have to feel like you're like, did this happen to me? Did I, did I experience this? <laughs> yeah, dissociate. Like you dissociate with it. Like wait a minute, <laughs> is this an out of body experience? Exactly. Like what the fuck just happened in my existence? Did I get mm-hmm. abducted by a gray? Did I get abducted by a gray? And then, and then had to watch an experience that could happen. Is this like a Doctor Strange possibilities moment? Mm -mm. But did you see it through? Girl, no. Okay, I was gonna say that would have been great for the book. Uh, But that is not. I would have judged you. I would have judged myself. Like there are some things I've done, regrettably. Mm -hmm. That is not one of the things I want to have on that list. Yeah. You know that, what I'm saying? Paralyzed men, they had their dicks up as reparations. You know, and that's not something you want on an epitaph. Like, it's really not. Yeah, it's not. Like, I mean, look, I'll put it like this. I've, I've hooked up okay, with white you guys, men. You guys can't see the face, but the stare-off in the distance alone lets me know that there were, like, a few things you wanted to say. He was like, mm-mm, not today. I have... <laughs> and you know I'm right. You know me so well. Though I have hooked up with white men in Chicago. hmm And as a person of color... That's if dangerous. You, if you know Chicago as a person of color, that's racism. Mm-hmm. What you see on Shameless ain't fully real. Mm. It's only a sprinkle. And Frank Gallagher is the most, like, Frank Gallagher is an ally when you really think about it. Frank Gallagher, he is just, you should watch the British version, the American version you can like. I Mm. love the American version of Frank Gallagher. Frank Gallagher. The British version, he ain't shit. Is, okay, maybe I should look at it. But no, you should watch it. You need to watch is, the original version. He's a mess. And Frank Gallagher is the perfect... He is a 20 of the 20 is personified. Like, because yep. he yep. has done some shit. And like, but, you know, I've... No, you need to watch the British version. I'm going to tell you why. Because Debbie mm-hmm. is a fucking badass in the British is it, version. Is it on Netflix? It might if it's not on Netflix, it's on it's on one of the streaming apps for sure. Okay. But um, but like I've I've had white men in Chicago, and that mm-hmm. is a racist ass town. Mm-hmm. That is a racist ass town. It's almost akin to going to Howard Beach in the 80s. Oh, child. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. Um, I've dealt with this. I've had this. This is this was great. This was cool, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel fetishized during it. Right. I didn't feel like I was a trophy or a reward, and my skin wasn't brought up. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have to keep bringing up my skin? Right. Like, I don't get it. It's not a compliment. It's not the compliment you think it is. Right. It's just oh my god, oh my god, and yet. You know, I'll be dating the white boy. I'll be dating the white boy. I want me, look, dead ass, dead ass. 
right now, I'm feeling like I want to go back to the original crush, mm-hmm. which was Jason David Frank back in the 90s. Wait, who is Jason David Frank? The White Power Ranger. Tommy? Tommy. You know I'm like, I don't even know what people names. Um, or, or Blake Foster, who played um, Justin. The Red Ranger? No, he played he played uh, the Blue Ranger and Power Rangers Turbo. Was I still watching Power Rangers when I went Turbo? Was that before or after the movie? That was after the movie. It was the first time they had a Black Red Ranger. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah, they I had pro- a Black I probably did, but I probably wasn't that invested. They had a whole Black Red Ranger. Because I remember when they went to, like, Aqua, like, to another planet or some shit. Yo, Power Rangers, they had a lot of different, like, the franchises. It's big. Yo, Mystic Force is still my fave. Um, but I always thought that the white uh, boy supreme was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, personally. Okay, here's my problem with JTT. Mm-hmm. He's too conventionally attractive for me. Okay. That makes that. sense. I can see that. And I like a little bit of an edge to it. Like a little twang. A little twang, like a, like a, oh my gosh. Like, give me Ryan Gosling. He has a little bit of a, Ryan Gosling, he got He's that eyebrow. He got that eyebrow. He got that mm-hmm. eyebrow. You know what I mean? You know who I always thought was cute? And I thought he was um, attractive from the shows of yesteryear. Kev from Shameless. Remember he was on the show um, Steve uh, Howie. Steve Howie. Steve Howie, thank you. But i tell you one more who I do think is really cute. Mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. That man he is. That man is gorge. And he's funny. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He was cute from Third Rock. Third Rock from the Sun was one of those weird shows that you just had to watch. You mm-hmm. didn't know what was happening. And you love Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his cute smile. And the, 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 the hair. The grunge look. And, oh my God. And when he was in Mysterious Skin. I didn't say that. Oh God, that look. If you, I feel like that was a weird moment in, in queer films. My favorite, so, like, really, really gay movie. And it's so funny because I came across it when I was younger, like, by accident. I didn't know what was going on. But, um, but I'm a cheerleader. Like, that's one of yes! my favorites. Yes! It's one of the, my favorites. The, the vibrator in the cabin? That had me on my ass. I was like, a mess, ma'am. A mess. It was wild. But I'm a cheerleader. How can I be gay? I can't be gay. I'm so it's not. Possible for me to be gay. Like I'm, I'm a cheerleader. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. These men wearing short shorts and tight shirts. I'm not into them. But I'm totally into them. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm like loving it. Yeah, I'm like, how could I be gay? I'm totally doing my lady jam right now. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I said a lady jam. Ugh. It's a mess. Okay. I, I recently said I was going to watch Debs again in my adult life. To see okay, like- but Debs is, look, look, Megan Good, can we talk? Oh my God. Like, can we talk? Megan Good. 
the whole Lucy Diamond storyline, mm-hmm. the fact that I can't hear respect without going crazy. That you give me no, that you give me no, that you give me no soul. Oh, Megan Good is one of those actresses that I will fully support. However, I feel like she cannot act. But I fully support her. But I also feel like she can't act. But she did She did what she did in that movie. She did what she was assigned to do, and it wasn't much. It, it was, look. <laughs> it really wasn't. It wasn't. But, but it was a check. It was, listen, it paid some of the bills. It paid some of the bills. We had some fun with it. Mm-hmm. I get into my little lesbian feelings every time I see it. <laughs> I might do that. I might play The Sims and put that on the background later. Oh my gosh, you should make a, you should make Sims based on the dead. Oh my god. That would be so cool. A whole new town, a whole new game. I'll put them all in new quest. Ooh. And I'll like I'll create like the the hangout. Ooh, this could be a whole thing. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for that. You're welcome. New ideas, new ideas. Okay, so now we're at your end. What is the last one? Who is this person? Okay, so I don't want people to think that I hate her because of recent events. I've been hating her for like the past six or seven years, I want to say. Uh, Wendy Williams. Oh, this is fair. Like, I... Okay, so previously, right, I wasn't a Wendy Williams stan, but I did watch the show because, you know, I love drama on my television, not in my real life. What made me... Uh, fall out with Wendy Williams is when she put out that Aaliyah movie. Mm-hmm. How how dare you give us garbage and tell us that it's filet mignon? Like, and I said that on purpose, people. I know it's filet mignon. Mignon. Bone apple titty. Garbage and said bone apple titty filet mignon. And it was absolute garbage. And then you had the audacity to get on your show with your whole bird ass chest that Monday and say, People said the movie was bad, but it had the best ratings in, in um, Lifetime history. Yeah, because we were all tuning in to support you, and it was absolute trash. We were, and we were tuning in because it had the name Aaliyah on it. Right, and we actually thought that we were going to get some factual information, because the one thing about Lifetime, she does not play. She fact-checks her shit. She makes yeah. sure her shit is on point. And she you might traumatize you. She right. might traumatize you. You gave us some bullshit. And then, and then, no, not for nothing. Like, not for nothing. We also have to remember, this is the same woman who... I, I didn't grow up a major big fan of Whitney Houston. Mm. Well, Whitney Houston was going to beat her ass? That's yeah. when I said, you know what, auntie, you got this. Chill. And you know what? She used to do a lot of like anti um, gay rhetoric on her show. Mm-hmm. Because when she used to be on the radio, she used to have people calling up, Oh, are you a man or a woman? Are you a tranny? Are you this? Are you that? Like, and she was just a mess. But I heard that her, um, her little biopic or biopic, if I want to be classy, um, I heard that it was pretty good. And I refused to watch it because I was just like, I refuse to give her readings and money. And then you know, she's always talking bad about somebody's kids. Her house ain't clean. She stays talking shit. 
But then this week, she had the nerve to come for Auntie Tab. And I was like, you know what? And Auntie Tab. And Auntie Tab. She She gathered her like a good Christian woman should. And then gave her a prayer cloth for her knees because her fucking legs was open. She gathered that hoe. She, look, Auntie Tab, what I love, what I love, what I love is she did the, 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 the Christian auntie, okay? She did the good Christian Kershaw. She was like, you know, I love you, okay? I'm here for you, okay? And um, my life, my house is in order for mm. me. Mm. My house is in order for me. She mm. didn't, She wasn't worried about nobody else's views of her house. Sure wasn't. And now we do know that Wendy Williams has capitalized and built her profit on talking shit about people. Right. Okay. And then and then asks for privacy when her own house is in order. Or God forbid she get big mad when people say, Well, you know what? Maybe you should open your eyes a little bit. Because hmm. she don't want to see, because if she actually gave people the benefit of the doubt and by looking from another angle, she might see something she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to see. But let me tell you something. She got gathered twice this week. She talked about Auntie Tab. Auntie Tab came through and was like, good Christian curse out. And she didn't even mention that shit. But the brat gathered her ass this week. Did you Ooh. see that? Yeah. She, listen, one thing about a person that is at peace with themselves, you cannot pull them out of their peace by no means. And she was coming at the brat left and right. And the brat was like, I tried to talk to you. I already had my forever thing. I didn't try to talk to you. I was trying to be a good friend and be supportive of you because you were going through something. And she was like, oh, I have the receipt. She said, I got the same text messages. I asked you if you wanted to go out and get something to eat and just talk. How was I trying to like get with you? So then she was like, oh, the brat, are you saying that I wouldn't be your type? Or would She said, no, you would never be my type. If I wasn't with my girl, I would not be with you because you are not my type. And I'm just like, that's right. Because she said, I never forget, she came for Evelyn Lozada. Evelyn Lozada is not one of my favorite people. I find it very interesting how she suddenly became um, Afro-Latino after she was called out about being a colorist and a racist towards OG on Basketball Wives, but that's neither here nor there. But she came out of Evelyn Lozada and basically was saying how uh, she was using her coochie as milk, like milk tickets, because she got pregnant by uh, Carl Crawford or some shit like that. Anyway, so she came at Evelyn Lozada, her unborn, and Evelyn Lozada was like, you know what? I never said I was gonna say anything about this, but I remember when your your husband came in my store with his mistress to buy shoes, and she's a size seven, and you're an eleven and a half, so I knew he wasn't buying shoes for you. And then she went on her show and was like, Evelyn's lying. That's not true. My husband would never cheat on me. Girl, your husband moved that bitch around the corner from you. And you can't lie and tell me and say that you didn't know that he was with that girl. Ain't no way in the world that man had a relationship with that woman for damn near 15 years and you didn't know and she lived around the corner. Yo. Who you lying to? Yo. Also, how do you have the time? Nobody had the time to be sneaking around like that for 15 years. Because he wasn't sneaking around. He wasn't sneaking around. What do you got to sneak around for? Don't nobody want to be with your ass? And you know it. So you want to sit here and deal with the bullshit you want to take from me. My non-working ass. You want to deal with this bullshit. 
I didn't see the um the Tyler Perry movie, but the one where they were saying how um the guy said to the lady, go get my ashtray, bitch. Like I would not be convinced or remiss to not believe that Kevin, whatever his last name is, I don't think it's Williams, wasn't in that house calling her all types of bitches and hoes and telling her what he wasn't gonna do. Mm-hmm. Because even after the fact that the scandal came out, you still tried to hold on to that relationship. It wasn't until the media found out that girl was pregnant. And then when they found out your ass was in rehab, living in rehab, and when all that shit came out, that's when you were like, oh, we're getting a divorce. Mm, we're we're going to get a divorce because I don't want to be with him anymore. And then in doing so, you want to make this whole biopic and you trying to throw people under the bus. That method man shit happened years ago. Why are you bringing it up? Why are you bringing it up? And he was going to beat your ass years ago when it happened. I'm not condoning him beating your ass. But you also went on, on live radio and told how his wife had cancer before she even had the opportunity to tell her family. Like, like she's a messy bitch. Her wigs are nice, but the body is built bad. She looks like a Barbie that was left out in the sun. Oops. Like, Oops. she's very Oops. much giving, like, Oops. the female gremlin. Oops. And I just hate it. Like, you are in no position to talk about people, ma'am. Like, you are in no position to be that disgusted with your own life that you have to now be disgusting about your approach to people. Yeah. And I think because I'm naturally like, I ain't shit as a person. Don't get me wrong. And I tell people that all the time. Like, as a person, I ain't shit. But I'm one of them, those people that are naturally polite and naturally nice. So since I'm a naturally nice person and like, I don't like to get in people's ass, especially if I don't know them, like, it's just like, how do you just sit back and just talk shit about people? I remember she said, Kelly Rowland, the best thing Kelly Rowland ever did was get pregnant. Like, you talking about the Kelly Rowland, multi-millionaire Kelly Rowland, Kelly Rowland who has like hit the best thing she ever did was get pregnant. Are you fucking kidding me? Like you've talked crazy about people's kids. You've talked crazy about celebrities' kids. Like, and the one thing we don't do, the one thing we don't talk about babies. We don't talk about I don't, if they as long as they are under eighteen. We do not talk about babies. We do not talk about them once they start being grown and making grown decisions. We free range. Free range. But kids, fucking kids. Because, like, let's be real. I don't like none of y'all children. I probably love them. I probably love that baby. You ain't got to like kids. You you could love people. And that's one thing. You don't have to like everybody. Everybody ain't likable. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, and I don't like everybody's kids. I, I really don't. I probably, look, I hate my nephew. I love him to death. <laughs> love him dearly. He is mine. He is mm-hmm. my he is my homeboy. He is he's my old dog. But I hate him too. Listen, I love like I used to say to my ex, like, I love you to death. I don't like you 95% yeah. of the time. Like 95 love you to death, but 95% of the time I don't like you. And that's okay. And, I, and the whole time I'm not liking children, the one thing I will say, and if I'm even if I'm mad at their mama and daddy, that's a child. Mm. That child didn't act for this. Damn sure didn't. Okay, so what you're gonna do 
what you're going to do is respect people's children. Mm. Because mm-hmm. coming for children, coming for and children. That's, and that's where I draw the line. Even as like, I understand you make your money off of spin media and you make your money off of your opinion and what you have to say about people. But kids, don't talk about kids. Yeah. That that will get your ass looked. And she knows it. Like, I'm pretty sure she got a lot of like ass whipping vouchers out here in this world because they're coming for you, girl. Like, the minute they catch the drop on you, your ass is going to get it. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but is it? Not really. Um, all right. So, we made it. We've made it. We've Looks made it. Like we've made it. We've made it. This is, this has been wild. It's been an adventure. It's been a journey. Mm-hmm. I have definitely used the machete to, you know, cut through some trees. <laughs> you know, I almost lost my hat going into that pyramid. You know? I, I had a Legends of the Hidden Temple joke, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'll hide your temple. I hate you. I'll hide in your temple, too. And I still actively hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and the, to, quote, to quote an icon, Sadie, from Awkward, mm. you're welcome. And the, and you know what? The, the good shows that they take from me no, I can't find it on any platform. I feel like they just erased it. And it was such a good show because the whole premise was like her mother literally saw her, like she literally saw her daughter wasting away. And she was like, how do I get, like, how do I get across to her for her to like, you know, be a better person and see that she's worth it? Let me write her this fucked up letter. Yo. If I would have gotten that letter and then found out it was from my mom. I would have been anguished. Like, first of all, first of all, we're going to get a protective order of custody. Listen. <laughs> um, of a straining order. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, not you. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm liable to beat your ass, mama or not. Her, her mother was horrible. Like, and as a minor, horrible. And as a minor, I wouldn't have cast the charge. You would have. And then the fact that, like, I mean, she didn't commit suicide, but, like, it just seemed like she did. And then just the whole, like, her going through the rigmarole. You know who was on that show? And it's it's hard to believe he was on that show because he looks like a completely different person. Kofi Surabay. Yo, yeah, the religious nuts adoptive brother that she ended up falling in love with. Yeah, she's like, I can't do this. She was so ditzy, but um, yeah, they uh, he was on that show, but he didn't have a beard, his teeth weren't done, so it it didn't look like himself at all. And I'm just like, beards are like makeup for men, yeah, they really are, absolutely, they really are. No, but that show was like. It was one of those, it was one of those, it was during that time where MTV was like giving us good shows for the summer. Mm-hmm. Were, and because they had gotten rid of TRL. So, like, how else were they filling our summer? Well, we'll figure it out. But now it's like they have nothing. Now they just have reality. Ridiculous shows. and a whole bunch of episodes of ridiculousness that we don't need. We, nobody asked for it. You know what? If you're going to bring back some, like, the, the variety of stupid, bring back Silent Library. Such a gem. 
It, it was gone too That's soon. May they rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Silent Library. There's something about watching it after school. Mm. Eating the peanut butter and jelly. Well, I, I didn't. Well, I got home late. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I would watch it every day after school, eating the peanut butter and jelly right before I did my homework. That is so, like, middle America of you. <laughs> like, can I get a snack? Child, you better get your snack on the way home. On the way home? But, but no, 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 no. You're going to, I had a, I had a whole snack at the kitchen table. Nope. Don't know her. Can't relate to it. <laughs> did my homework. And then ran outside. Mm. Um, that's another conversation for off the podcast. But <laughs> that's so that that that's some that was some real that was some real middle and I was not a latchkey child. Oh, I was most most definitely a latchkey kid. My grandparents were home every day. They were retired. What the fuck were they gonna do? So it's weird because I was a latchkey child, but I grew up in a brownstone with my family. Okay. So my parents weren't home. But, like, my aunts would be home, my grandmother would be home, stuff like that. But my parents weren't home. Yeah, no, my my grandparents were home every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they woke up at, like, 9 or 10 a.m. and just chilled and paid bills. And grand, my grandfather would um, go shopping. Mm-hmm. So, like, he would go shopping, like, twice, two or three times a week, actually, just mm-hmm. to get out the house a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody knew him. <laughs> this man. Uh, but then, like, you know, it was like, it was really, it was really like idyllic in a way, mm. because like it was so, um, it was so cute and everything. But like, what the fuck they, they were gonna do? They were in their sixties and seventies. They didn't have. They were the. Were, I, I was home. Right. I was home. They were home, and then they kind of looked at me and were just like, "Oh, you're a teenager now." No. Mm-hmm. No, we don't know. Not nope, nope. You have a room, it is over there. Go away. I can't. And I did. And I went out the window. And you went outside with your friends. And I got I did some hood rat shit. I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends. I want to do hood rat shit with my friends all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of our hood rat shit involved them doing skateboarding and me using a camera. That was such a you know. You're my younger brother's age. And I remember when he got into skateboarding. It used to be so cute because the little boys from the block over would come and knock on my window and be like, oh, we're looking for Rome. And I'm like, who? And I'm like, we're looking for Rome. And then I would hear him from the other room. Oh, I'm coming outside. And he would get his skateboard and go outside. And I used to be like, the fuck? But we already moved to Queens. So it was a little different. I remember when I was living in Carolina, like, so my room down below my window that I used to Mm -hmm. sneak out of was a door to the bottom of the house. Mm -hmm. And so my friends would knock on that door and I would hear it or feel it because my bed was against the wall where that Mm -hmm. door was, where the window was. So I would like kind of feel it. And then I would like hear them or whatever. And then I'd open the window and I see them and I throw down the key. Mm -hmm. So they could unlock the door for me so I can open it up. And then I would crawl out the window and step on top of the door, close the window, right. crack it. Mm-hmm. And then you defense next to the door to climb down and then That's lock right. the door and carry my key. Yeah, I'm not doing all that. 
it was, was like a, a four foot drop from my window to the, the ground but you know no no mine was definitely higher it was like it wasn't a full story so like it must have been i want to say a good 10 feet mm-hmm. 10 11 feet mm-hmm. so it wasn't that bad it was fun we, then we went out and did hood rat shit and you know, one time got caught by the cops and had to get picked up by grandparents and parents and, you know, get grounded for a week or two. And it builds character. It builds character. You know, at least I wasn't digging holes. Character. I wasn't digging holes to build character. Oh, was... hi, Grandpa. <laughs> that fucking movie. That fuck. If I hear this, is, I can't. If I, Every time I meet a man named Stanley, I want to know his last name. Mm, that's how right. I feel when I meet anybody's last name Brown. I'm like, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is his name Franklin? <laughs> we don't say kisses around here. Oh, we don't say the name Franklin around me, but that's another story for another day because that's mm-hmm. a whole. I, I'm gonna tell the that's story. A whole another podcast. That's a whole another episode. I'm gonna tell a whole. I'm gonna tell the story one day, but it has to be with somebody who's involved. Mm-hmm. Because there's a gaggle of us who are victims. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. A gaggle of us who are victims. And I just love telling this story. Because, like, every time somebody asks me about them, I'm like, bitch, I told you the story last time. And then I'm like, oh, you want me to tell it again? Okay, cool. I can tell you again. I it's one do- of those stories that are so popular. I love stories like that. Because it's like, yo, every time I tell it, it's just funnier and funnier. It, it, it's either funnier or funnier, or you're like, oh, I need to start reading the DSM more. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we have reached the end of the road. The end of the road. You can't let go. It's so natural. I belong to you, or you belong to me. You know, we have gone and circled worldwide. You know, bef- wait a minute. Before you Let tell me, me anything. Okay. Because I've been missing you by my side. <laughs> you know? You know? I keep it going with the city. I never. I can't with you. So you know my you know my favorite boy band is Big Time Watch. I can't with you. And it's so funny. My niece is really into them right now. She thinks like they're new. I was like, big time rush. Are you kidding me? Uh, 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 uh. Big time rush was the boy band show I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. Because before them, you know, my very first boy band show was the Wiggles. I've never, well, okay. I'm, I'm dating myself, but I never seen the Wiggles. And then after the Wiggles, I watched S Club 7. Okay, I can see that. And then, you know... There was a show called California Dreams. Do you remember it? Yes. Okay, it was trash. It was good. It was that <laughs> good, like... That good old ABC... But it came on uh, CW. It was that good old, like, Saturday morning kind of, like, teen show. Like, they did the whole episode on, like, smoking cigarettes and all that other goofy shit. And then they had the foreign exchange student and they found out she could sing. Like, oh, But I missed those Saturday morning teen shows from the local mm-hmm. channel. They gave us, like, because that's where Saved by the Bell came from. Saved mm-hmm. by the Bell came from Saturday morning teen television. Right. So they also had Hang Time. Mm-hmm. That was that basketball show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, High. Yes. And I, I think Brotherly Love as well, but that was a Disney show. Okay, I didn't see that one. I was more of a Nickelodeon kid than I was a Disney kid. Okay, I was like, in, I was really into like Nickelodeon, Disney, and ABC Family. Well, mm-hmm. Fox Family at the time. So like those were my thing. But it's funny because like as I look back at those shows, like I watched in a heartbeat. I believe that these teenagers were all saving lives in this hospital. Listen, like we really believed in Dookie Hauser. Look, yo, yo, I was believing in Dookie Hauser. Again, I he has the degree, but does he have the 15 years of experience? He doesn't even have 15 years of life. Tough. Barely. With an IBM computer, Lord Jesus. Lord And then, but you know what other show I used to watch, and I'm going to say it, is it because it's coming from that time frame, and it was like Teen Tween? Mm-hmm. I've told you about this show before. <sighs> okay. So do you remember... Back in the early 2000s, right? There used to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think in America, um, they were uh they were on Disney. Okay. Right. And it was terrible. Okay. It was I I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to say it without how do I put it? Hurting myself. Oh my gosh. Um, hurting you. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, um, it wasn't like horse sense and all that shit. Like it wasn't like Heartland. Um so it was it wasn't the kind of it wasn't like Heartland or anything like that. This was a tween show. Mm-hmm. Like dedicated for girl 10 to 13. I was not a girl who was 10 to 13. Mm-hmm. The Saddle Club. That equestrian shit? Because <laughs> I know they had books. Bruh. No, mm-mm. Bruh. 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 Mm-mm. Bruh. Mm-mm. Bruh. No. That show fucked me up for life. Like that show, I don't remember anything about it, mm-hmm. but I except for a single horse being born, and these three teenage girls are helping to deliver it. It also, Mm-mm. and it had one of the um the the brothers on it, one of the Australian brothers. It was uh uh Chris. Was it Chris? Yeah, I know what show you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, this show, but you know what, let me not, because we already did the things we hate. We really, we, you know, we're going to end up making a part three. I, I feel it in the core. I, I don't know, I don't know. I might make it a mini soap. Oh, gosh. And just release it. But we have... Re- look, no, 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 we've already done... Look, 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 let's just close out, because this is going to be too much. This is going to be too much. <laughs> We'll continue this conversation via text. Via text. You know, I'll be in the chat. You be in the chat. You got my number. You got my, you got my Fosse boo. You got mm-hmm. my, you got my Instagram. Mm-hmm. You, 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 I don't know if you got me on the snapper chatter. Also, speaking of Instagram, I follow this show. Snapper chatter. 
um, if you if you do have Instagram and you are listening to this show, follow me on follow my Instagram uh, at finish canceled. It is called at finish canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. So, uh, Stepra, I want to yeah. thank you for joining me for part two. You're welcome. Um, well, uh, well, considering considering how part two accidentally anyway, mm-hmm. you know how we do. Happy accident. Happy, Happy a- accident. Happy accidents, like most of our existences. Mm. Oh, talk about it. I mean, let, let me real. Stop lying to your baby. Awesome. <laughs> that night, the honey was free and flowing. Well, it was honey. It was it was it was the nineties. So it was like mystic. It was Alize. It was. I'm about to say, hold up. Your mama got pregnant with you with a mystic. That's from the corner store. It's a mystic. I mean, if you Alize. missed it with an Alize, I get it. You missed it. I don't. How do you not? What do you? Was it a glass bottle mystic? I don't. Yeah. What do you? Fancy. That's some fancy shit. Because all the stores didn't have the glass bottle mystic. And then if it if it was older, look. If we want to talk about the children who were born during the Great Depression, wine mm-hmm. gold beer, wine gold beer. There's the reason they stopped making it. Niggas kept getting pregnant. Anybody born after the Depression was born out of depression, and that's just it. <laughs> That's just it. You ain't got no TV. You ain't got no food. What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do? What do? But I mean, and now we look at now we look at the pandemic. All we had was TV and food. All these no, but look at all these COVID babies. All these COVID babies. People don't watch all of Netflix in a month, and now we sitting around with all these damn COVID babies. That like them niggas, them. like niggas, could have just kept, could have went to page one million and fifty seven thousand two hundred and twenty one of Pornhub, and we would have prevented this. Get into some gay porn. Get into some straight porn. I'm get gonna, into some fetish I'm gonna, porn. I'm going to have to talk about this off the podcast. <laughs> because, baby, my baby. Oh, baby. Mm-mm. Okay. I pick a life. So, before we go, mm-hmm. why the fuck you canceled, ho? Okay. So, the second reason why I'm canceled is also related to the first reason why I'm canceled. Again, I am a super auntie. However, um, I've always had issues with affection, right? Because affection is not my love language. So when my sister had my niece, um, I did skin to skin contact. So she's a, con- she's a kid that constantly needs affection. So when she was about five, one day, um, she just needed an immense amount of affection. And I was just like, you know, there's a hug quota for like your life, right? So she's like, what does that mean? So I was like, everybody only gets a certain amount of hugs per lifetime. And like, you got to really ration these shits out. So how does that tie into this week? So last night she's in my room and she's like, give me numbers. Cause she's trying to use her calculator. She's trying to like, you know, use a calculator. So I gave her, cause I'm an asshole. The number I gave her was, 1,700 and wait, 170,924 was the number I gave her. So she was like, what's that? I said, it's your hug quota. So I said to her, how long do you think I still need to give you hugs? Because I give her like 20 some hugs a day. Like she'll get upset and we'll literally stand and hug each other and we'll just talk it out. So I'm like, how long do you think you need hugs? Like for the rest of your life like how many more years do you think you need hugs 
because we have to do like the long division math to see how many hugs I'm going to be able to give you a year. So she's like, <laughs> she's like 40 more years. So we did the math. So I said, that's 4,227. I'm sorry, 4,273 hugs a year. So she's like, oh, so she's looking at me, but she's like, so does that mean like a full hug or like, can I get like a full and a half? And I'm like, I mean, if you want to have a hug, that's fine, but it still takes away from your hug quota. So I literally have a nine-year-old thinking that if she passes the hug quota, like either I die or she does. And I'm not mad at it. I, I. Like I literally said to her before, don't worry about your hug quota. This one is free. I, I'm flabbergasted. You know, I've kept, she's nine. She's going to be 10. This has been a, a lie I've been keeping for five years. This, you have, you traumatized that poor baby. Yeah, she's not traumatized. That's traumatizing. You know, I've done, I've hit her in the face with a pack of popcorn before. She's been traumatized. I, <laughs> this is just adding fuel to the fire. Plus, she's from Queens. I need to toughen this child up. I mean, yeah, because she don't, she, she thinks she ain't getting on nobody's train. She believes she's never getting on the train. She's like, the train? She'll take a bus, but the train? <laughs> because you have to line up. You have to call them. <laughs> and it, oh, she's one of those kids, too. She's like, because like, if she has dance, and my sister be like, oh, uh, do you want to go with us to dance? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay home. I have to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to do whatever. She'll come to me like, on that front. Listen, I understand you have things to do, but if you drop us to dance, I'll tell mommy we can take an Uber back. But I know mommy's not going to take an Uber there back. Can you please drop us? Because the bus don't want to do it. And I'm like, go get your ass on that bus. Because the reality of it is you don't want to walk from the bus stop. Like, child, please. I would, I would, I look. A child after my own heart. She's a riot. She's going to end up writing a hell of a book one day. She's gonna write a hell of a book one day. One of them is gonna be dedicated to you, and one of you is gonna be dedicated to your sister. And they're both gonna say in the in the dedication part, it's gonna be like dedicated to my mother, dedicated to Seppa. You ain't shit, and you know this bitch. But I love you. Listen, listen. I like I literally I am at the point in my life, and I told her like I'm at the point in my life where I literally have to record our conversations. Because people will not believe the way she disrespects me on a daily basis. Or her mother. And it's not even disrespectful, like, we about to be on Mori or some shit. But it's just, like, the level of disrespect that look, this child... Look, I'll never forget. Look, mine, I, I tried. There was one point in my life when I was trying to teach my nephew to read my mother in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. The way I read my grandmother mm-hmm. when I was a kid. He's not picking it up. Look, if you, you need to be a tough-ass boy to be walking down these streets, okay? Mm. So, we be out here teaching these kids, like, look, when your parents say something wrong, that's the first person you're going to need to learn how to, how to gather. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because that's going to bring out the most... The, the people who are going to bring out the most gangster in you are your mother and your children. That's true. 
and my nephew ain't ain't got that yet. But me with my grandmother, I used to look at her and be like, so you want me to get this book and show you the proof or do you want to just keep believing you're wrong? Listen, this damn child in this damn house, I tell y'all all the time, ever since she was born, my ass has been slowly fading away because she is the new damn supreme. I told you, I told you we were at, um, we were at the clinic. I had to go to Dr. Shin with me and you know, everybody mistakes her for my kid. And I'm like, I'm very adamant. I'm like, not my kid, it's my niece. But like, occasionally I'll forget. I'm like, I don't know her. That's not my kid. And like people will laugh and I'm like, don't do that for your daughter. And she'll just be looking at me like, because she like in public, she'll accidentally call me mommy. And I'm like, no, don't do this to me right now. So we're getting in the elevator the nurse says oh you're gonna go spend time with your mom today and I was like oh no no that's not my kid I just met her in the lobby we all start laughing I was like no seriously that's my niece and my niece is looking at me the whole time like we get on the elevator doors closed and she goes and you wonder why I come for you at home and I said what she's like I come for you at home because you don't claim me outside and I was like yo who fucking kid is this and then I realized she a real one. She's legit. Like, it's so sad. Because she a real like, one. She a real like, one. Leah had that baby, but that's definitely your whole personality. And I'm just like, I hate it so much. She, <laughs> she's so much. And then, and I can't be mad at it because I knew I was so much. <laughs> but I really got her thinking she got a hug quota. And I mean... It have is. you told it? Have you told her that that you know certain people aren't real? Yeah, no, she... we haven't been down that road because um I don't know if I, I've ever told y'all this, but like I I write the Santa Claus. I'm whispering like my doing fucking clothes, but I write her Santa letters every year. So I've been doing it now for the past nine years. I've been writing like these really like well thought out Santa letters, and then I put like um things that happen during the year or like if she's being a little hard-headed I'll put that incident in there but the system that we have in my house is um like her uh her mom and I we give Santa the money and then who determines if she should get the gift by like behavior and like having conversations with us but I feel like the day we have to tell her that she'll be all right with it because her cousin's they don't believe in Santa at all. And she's like, Santa's real. My cousin's like, no, Santa's not. There's no such thing as Santa. But she's like, okay, you believe what you want, and I'm believe what I want, because I know what I'm talking about. She's very headstrong, which is great. Because 10 years old is wild. Yeah, she's 10. I, I found out when I was five, the hard way. <laughs> I, I, well, you heard my story. I was traumatized. I was, mm-hmm. I was completely traumatized. I found out because it was Christmas Day. I was five, my sister was seven, and all of her presents were underneath the tree and nothing was under there for me. And I'm sitting there like, shit, I was bad. So I started crying. And my mom was like, what's wrong? I was like six. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I didn't get anything from Zeta. All I got is clothes. And she looks at my dad and says, no, Santa left your gifts in the closet. Right, he left your kids, your gifts in the closet, and my dad goes in the closet and gets my gifts. And I'm like, how the fuck will you put my shit in the closet? 
That doesn't make any sense that he would put my shit in the closet. Well, the cookies in the closet now? I was like, Ma, that made no sense. Is this, a, is, this, is, this, is this predestination of letting you people know that I'm not actually a lesbian? Everything revolves to the closet? You know what? You make a valid point. <laughs> you make a goddamn valid point. <laughs> I, just, I mean, maybe that was said present to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe the heart of a lesbian was the present to you. And look at me. Like, I, like, I've said this before. Like, the love of my life, if it's not Mr. Vernon from next door, but the love of my life is probably some, like, somebody studs been, and here I am out here sucking dick. Like, why? Why? Why deal with men if you ain't gotta? I ask myself that every day. But it's I know why I deal with, I know why I deal with men, okay? I know why I deal with men. And I occasionally take breaks from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I be I be like, not a single man. This gonna be into some. We gonna go into some 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 other diversity because men the ghetto. And you know what? Like I envy people who have options. And I'm just <laughs> like, why me, Lord? <laughs> me, your humble servant. I ain't never did nothing bad. And here you got me plagued with this affliction of being a heterosexual that, oof. and loving on stink ass men. That kind of hurt. Like that that really humbling you. That really humbled you. Like, do you know I would go to the I would go to every altar I could find of every deity to be like, look, we gotta have a talk. This this world ain't meant for me. <laughs> it ain't. And I and I didn't even tell you about the DMX story. I gave this guy my number. And he called me and I asked him like hello. And he goes, Yeah, what the fuck is up with you? And I was like, No, he's like, Yeah, what the fuck is up with you and shit. I said, excuse me. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, that's just how I talk. I was like, block and delete. Block and fucking delete. Because I did not sign up to be dating DMX reincarnated. I didn't. Yo, I didn't yo, sign up for yo, that. Yo, what the fuck is up with you? Yo, when so, you gonna come over here and give me some oh of that? Oh my gosh. I was yo, like, yo. Give me some of that punani right now. Punani Yo, right now. I would vomit. I would vomit. Like, oh, yeah, you you like it in dick. You like it in dick. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't like you way too much letter candy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> way too much letter candy. <laughs> I I gotta get I gotta watch. There's so many shows that I gotta watch, but it's just that. I never had the time. I'm happy that Letter Kenny goes by pretty fast. Letter Kenny because the seasons are short. Mm-hmm. There's like I think only six. Some I think the most you might see it's like maybe ten episodes a season, the most. But it's mm-hmm. only like twenty three minutes each episode. Okay, so I'm gonna start being that it's summer now, and I don't have to do so much in the morning. I'm gonna try to start watching in the morning. I just started working, Mom. I'm on like the first season. It's pretty good. I'm on season two of um, Animal Kingdom. Right, the show I gotta watch because I thought it was actually about animals and not about people. Right, right. I, I, I mean, if it was about animals, maybe some of it would make more sense. Um, maybe I'd be on their side. Maybe I'd be an ally for your dumbassness. Mm-hmm. Some of these characters could be dumb, but you want to keep watching it. You can't stop. You can't stop. We love stupidity around here, and we do. Especially when it involves drugs. Like, I'm not doing this shit, but mm-hmm. let me know how this goes so I can learn, so I know what to avoid. Have you noticed when you be watching shows, mm-hmm. especially a lot of shows that involve, like, certain drug 
terminology and actions and shit. Oh no, what happened? Okay. Uh, but like when you're watching shows that have like a lot of drug terminologies and actions mm-hmm. and whatnot, mm-hmm. you you start to like observe it more and you would know what to avoid on the street. That's how I feel when I watch that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me not do her dumb ass when I feel this nigga. Like I mean, I'll be watching like, but for me, it's like always like a dramatic show. This is why I don't be watching dramatic shows no more. Because I'll be like, because like I be like over here like, oh, okay, that's what that's what they do on these streets. I'm good. I'm 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 gonna go from point A to point B. I ain't being on nobody's street. Mm-hmm. Not by my black ass though. So. I know that's right. Mm. So anyway, <clears throat> I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. It was a pleasure. This had been wonderful. Thank you. I, you know, I feel like euphoric. Like, mm, good at orgasm. Like, mm. A nice, cute orgasm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, like a a, one. I like a cute one. I like a cute orgasm. Like, mm-hmm. when you feel it when you're on a rooftop. You know what I mean? Like, a really high rooftop, and it's just a sunny day, but the wind is blowing just right, and there's no pigeons. Okay. I'm going to equate it to... When I wear a sundress in summer and like the breeze gently kisses my thigh, that's what I'm gonna equate it to. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So beautiful. So wonderful. Magical. Um uh you guys have so many reasons to cancel us. Um <laughs> you really do. And I'm so sorry. Like I, I appreciate you listening to this, but I'm so sorry you had to. No, no, no. You know what? I realized something. Mm-hmm. A lot of the listeners, especially like the early listeners, were all my friends. Mm-hmm. They know me. Right. They met me. Right. They sat in my space. Right. <laughs> they know who the fuck I be. All day, all night. So at this point of the game, this is episode 18, 19. Mm-hmm. This is episode 19. By episode like five, six, you already knew what you were getting. You knew what you signed up for. Just hang on. Listen, hang on to the bottom of your chair and enjoy the ride. As I as I always put in the description, buckle up, bitches. Mm-hmm. Okay, every time, every description, buckle up, bitches. I know that's right. Because it's a world woo woo job. So I'm glad you you were here. I'm glad we had this journey. Um, I still find you to be the sexiest, baddest bitch on the block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll, yo, yo, if I see you on the street, I'd be like, hey, yo, girl. And I'm hey, yo, girl. Hey, yo, girl. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. You know what I hate about? This is completely on topic and you can actually kill this from like the podcast but you know what i hate about jamaican men when they flirt they don't flirt they insult you so one time i'm walking and this jamaican girl goes hey fat girl and i'm like bitch what like, I'm like fat girl he's like fat girl i'm like what he's like your pum pum look nice i'm like yo yo dead ass look Look, the Jamaicans in New York are getting way more open-minded about their Ridiculous. gayness. They're getting way more open-minded about their gayness, okay? Oh, really? And I was walking down the street, and this guy, I'm walking down the street, and this guy goes, hey, yo, boy. Hey, yo, boy. Looking back, boy. 
I was like, whoa, first of all, I, how dare you call me a slur? <laughs> right, like, slur? And they were like, then- you want to come smoke with me? I'm gonna get show me a good time. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I thought I was getting homophobia. I said I was getting homophobic. You said, wait, am I getting jumped or are you interested? I'm confused. I'm so concerned. And guess where I was? Brownsville. Girl, you already know. You ain't gotta tell me. <laughs> you ain't gotta tell me. Like, man, Livonia Avenue ain't for nobody. Mm-mm. Ain't for nobody but the working girls. And they old school working girls. Yo. Yo, for real. I'll be on that. I'll be out there like, you know what? I made better choices in life. I have made better choices in life than for me to be here getting getting comp- catcalled in a very concerning way. Because if I'm going to get catcalled, I want it to be nice. It, I mm-hmm. have been nicely catcalled before walking down the street. Mm, I've been... I've been nicely catcalled too, but I've also had a glass bottle thrown at me a time or two before. Cause you know, men. <laughs> um, my uh, favorite disrespectful catcall. This man walked right up to me and said, "I walk like my pussy tastes good," and I was like, "Although you're right, nigga, that's although disgusting. you are right, <laughs> nigga, that's disgusting. Like, don't talk to me like that. I don't know you like that." I remember one time this one dude was like, hey, you're skinny. Just call me skinny out of nowhere. What? Like, hey, yo, descriptive noun. Like, <laughs> and I didn't, and like, I had my hearing aids in, not my headphones. So I'm mm-hmm. just walking down the street and I turn around, I hear, I'm like, skinny. I'm like, okay, I might be one of the only few of those people on this street. It's when you do one of these, like, is it me? <laughs> is, it, is it, who is this? And then the next thing I know, the guy, a construction worker runs up to me wearing his hard hat and the working man Tim's. Oh, okay. Um, we dated for three months. How was this sex? This sex was wonderful. He was a, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love me. I love me construction worker bottom. Okay. Construction worker bottom are mm-hmm. the epitome of baby gats. Bitch, get on top and do some work. Ooh. They got them good knees. They got the Magni. I will save that conversation for outside the podcast. I don't want these people knowing all of my business. <laughs> well, let's get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> let's get the fuck up out of here. Okay. But today's quote. Mmm. 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 We're talking about bitches we hate today, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to end it with the Dandy Warhols today. Okay. You know this. You know this quote. You know this show. A long time ago, we used to be friends, mm-hmm. but I haven't thought about you lately at all. 